Welcome to episode 28 of the Hike or Die Outdoor Adventure Podcast. I am joined by my good friend Craig, as always. Craig, you know how they say as you get older, you kind of get wiser? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that didn't really happen with me. So I've had to actively go out and seek information that I want to learn. And in this episode, we've got a fantastic guest whose name is Dwayne Bannon-Harrison, and he is going to teach us and you everything you need to know about Australian Indigenous culture. It's a fantastic podcast. I know you're going to love it. Hang around. Thank you, as always, to our regular podcast sponsors for their support. Topo Maps Plus, a phone application that allows you to view topographical maps and track your location even without cell phone coverage. Go deeper into the backcountry. Rios Floating Polarized Sunglasses with 100% UV protection for the love of water. Bluey Merino, Australian super fine merino wool base mid top layer garments. Where our story ends, yours is just beginning. Caribbee, one of Australia's leading backpack, travel and outdoor brands. They supply us with dry bags, waterproof day packs and expedition bags. Supporting our sponsors allows us to continue to produce this podcast. So please jump online and check out what they have to offer. We would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land from which we broadcast today and pay our respects to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners. Craig, that little thing is called an acknowledgement of country. Yep. And that's something that we're going to be putting at the start of every podcast from now. It's uh, also known, or rather slightly confused, with uh, something called Welcome to Country. And it's basically what the uh, Australian Indigenous community has decided is is a, a nice, respectful way to, well, as as the name implies, acknowledge acknowledge, yep. acknowledge the custodians and the owners of the land. So you, you'll learn a lot more about, uh, well, how all of that sort of stuff um, fits in with each other as we get to our guests later on, and it'll make a bit more sense. But we spoke to to the guest Dwayne after the podcast and uh, we kind of you know put it to him that it's something that we were keen to to consider mm. uh, and he said that um, you know he said that is the recognition and acknowledgement is 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 something really respectful and fantastic and so yeah that's it we've that's what we're going to be doing from now on and and that's the reasons why we're going to be doing it yeah, I think it's an important part of what we do, mate, is to, um, well, gee whiz, the, the nature, the outdoors, the wild in Australia has has been here for so, so long. Exactly. And the culture that revolves around that, we must pay respect to the past. Yeah, and we, you know, quite often we're broadcasting from, uh, you know, in a rainforest or in, in the woods or off top of a mountain or something, so... Uh, it kind of just all ties in, and uh, you know we're grateful to live in this fantastic country. Grateful to have access to all of those things, and uh, yeah, why not uh, just remember for a second 
why we do have access and 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 who stepped there before us. Hundred percent. Speaking of stepping there before us, I um, went trail running um, mm. last weekend, and yep. I will be very honest that it was this uh, interview with Dwayne that that sparked that back off again. Got me thinking about it. Yeah. Got me uh, thinking about how much I gain from it when I do go out and do it. And it coincided with my son entered this uh, race at school and against all the other kids in his grade. And there's roughly 50 kids. And he ended up pulling seventh place. Mm-hmm. And you know, we have done running together in the past, but he said, oh, I really enjoyed it. And I said, great, sounds good to me. So the next day I, we went and bought him some uh, running good running shoes instead of just, uh, you know, those knock around sort of black school shoes. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> cool. that's what he yeah. got seventh place in the most horrible shoes in the world. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, go so on. So I got him some nice, nice runners, good yeah. for the trail. And yeah. then we went out on the Sunday morning, just the two of us. Uh, have a guess how much he clocked up. So previous to that, I had run four kilometers with him. Is this Logan? Yeah, this is Logan. Yeah, yeah. 11 yeah. years old. We ended up doing a 6K run yeah, right. through the trails, and I honestly believe he could have gone to 10. He was cruising. Wow. Not yeah, even that... trying, not even trying. Now, we weren't going at any great clip. Like mm-hmm. It wasn't like we were breaking any records, uh, but the fact that he was learning to control his breathing and all those sorts of things, it was really good to be there. I was kind of coaching him up really tough, long hills and downhills, you know, telling him when he should be resting, conserving energy, breathing more, breathing less, all this sort of stuff. And, and by the end of it, he said, oh, that was that was um, really enjoyable. So, Oh, cool. He likes the long distance. Is that it? Oh, he's a long distance. He's a killer at long distance. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's good, yeah. man. That's... Yeah, no, it's great because it got me back out there. I said, <laughs> that's it. We're going Sunday. Yeah. Um, and now they're hustling me to, to go out again, which is good. Um, also got all of the, did I mention to you that I, I did, I told you I was fixing all the, the kids' bikes and my bike. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we got all that finished, uh, last weekend as well. You're doing a real Mad Max on them, like you were. Yeah, yeah, got like the old, um, <laughs> matte black paint and <laughs> did all the handlebars and the forks and awesome. made hybrids. Like we had a spare bike that wasn't that great, but there was a few good parts on it, so... Cool, man. Pulled them all apart, got a few new bits, a couple of new chains, and uh, yeah, they've they've got these um, mutant bikes now, Frankenstein bikes, and we took those down, and we did about uh, probably between seven to eight kilometers um, through the trails, just the three of us, the two eldest boys, and uh, again, just such a good time. They'd never, ever ridden on on a dirt track before because you know, they're just riding the grass in the backyard or down the park or something. So they were just blown away by how awesome it was. Yeah, good fun. Yeah, yeah good times. I, I tell you what, though, I've got to make sure I keep my fitness up because <laughs> it was tough, man. Like the next day after spending that long on the bike seat, like all my legs and butt were sore. <laughs> so, yeah, i got to get some more time in there. <laughs> oh, that's good, dude. What have you been up to anyway? 
Me, mate. Oh, look, honestly, we've been really, really busy at work and at home. Um, I work in an industry where you've got to um, uh, prepare and be well well set up for this this COVID thing and make sure that, that everyone's looked after and thought out and changing processes, man. We've been uh, just just really busy with it. And then at home, I've been um, spending lots of times with the, with the kids and it's been fantastic. As you just said, uh, man, I was so sore after kicking a football around the, in the, in the park the other day. It was great actually. And, um, yeah, bought some, some new shoes for Elliot actually too. It's just funny you said that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think we, we, we cooked in the, we we started a fire in my front yard. That's always a good <laughs> always thing. a good thing, and <laughs> had a um a roast in the in the camp oven and stuff. Oh, that's good. So yeah, we've been we've been do- burning it at both Getting ends, outdoors, man. Outdoors, man. Getting outdoors, burning it at both ends. So it's been it's been good around here. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. That's the way to do it. Uh, like you said last time, maybe you you can't get out to a a big trail, but you're taking your kids down in the in the scrub down the back and. Yep. Hundred percent. They don't know the difference half the time. They no, love it. They love it. A bug is a bug. Doesn't matter where it is. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I wanted to do the get the quiz question out there so you can start thinking about it before we go any further. Righto. Uh, it was. A, you're not allowed to look, Craig, at my screen. Put some. Put my water bottle there. Oh, you're cheating. <laughs> Uh, my question today, I thought I wanted, what I wanted to do was stay on the theme of, uh, Australian things. So I'm pretty sure that, um, with the majority of our listeners being overseas, they probably want to know a bit more about Australia and animals and all that sort of stuff. Right. So I thought, why not start with the kangaroo? And I got two questions, two part question. What is a group of kangaroos called? And what I mean by that is, uh, mm. you can have a, what is it? A clutch of of um purses no no <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> weirdo a clutch of um chicks or something um right a herd of deer i think that's correct flock the, of geese flock of geese okay flock of seagulls excellent all right 80s band and so yeah what is a group of kangaroos called the second question is what's the top speed of a kangaroo Oh yeah, yeah. Do you think you know any of them off the top of your head? What sort of kangaroo are we talking here? Uh well, we just have to go with a a generic biggest, yep. biggest, baddest, biggest, baddest grey yeah. kangaroo you like, can find. Yeah, what is the fastest? I guess kangaroo. What is the fastest kangaroo? Wow! Out of all of them, I've got an idea there, but I yeah, right. I would never have known for sure. Let us know how close you get later on right. when I reveal the answers. Mm-hmm. Here's a good one, albeit slightly gross. Uh, These the scientists ha- have found a way of saving these little Australian birds. They're, they refer to them as being the size of a ping pong ball with a teeny little head and a tail that pokes out. Very cute. See it there, Craig? No, it's you, called the... you got your water bottle. Oh, I put my water bottle there so you can't see the answers. There it is. Uh, yes. It's called the 40-spotted paradolte. Paradolte? Pardolte. Pardolte. Yep. Does that ring a bell? Anyway, it's not the... Uh, it's often confused with the 39-spotted 
per dollar, but it's it's not that. I'm joking, mate. All right, not okay. A All right, spotted one. okay. Yes, it's no, the forty I... spotted pad padalote. Padalote. It's obviously a Mexican bird. <laughs> this is going well, isn't it? Tonight, everything's going really well. It looks common, but it's not. Oh, is no. it? Look at those beautiful dots. Tell me more. Uh, it gets preyed upon. This particular bird gets preyed upon by a parasitic fly. Uh, and it, it somehow gets, uh, it, I think it just bites the, their legs or body. And then when the little legs hatch, they turn into these little larva, larvae. And most more often than not, they actually kill the little the little chickies in the nest, so they don't even get an opportunity to grow and uh, and survive. There was a statistic somewhere in there mm. about how many don't actually make it, and I can't find it. Here's the here's what they did though. Uh, they sat down and they thought about it. They thought, what's the one? How can we get? We can't infiltrate every single nest. You can't go around spraying these nests. You can't go around uh, treating every single chick. It's just impossible. Uh, so what they did, they realized that these little birds collect feathers, usually from other birds, uh, interestingly enough, to make their nests. Mm-hmm. And that's quite um, time-consuming, and it's a, it's a big job for them. You think about when you go walking uh, you know, in the forest, Sometimes you might not see a feather all day, right? Yeah, okay. So these little guys are running around get collecting feathers to build their own nest. Right. So that's what the scientists thought. That's a way of getting in the nest. So what they did was they get these uh, uh, bacteria-free feathers, like kind of the ones, well, exactly like the ones you buy from uh, an arts and crafts store that have been... Uh, you know, they've obviously been treated so that they don't have any diseases or whatever. So it's it's 100% safe for these birds to use it for their baby chicks. And what they did was they set up a self-serve uh, feather dispenser, which kind of looks like a, oh. a bird feeder, but then they just stuck, stuck all of these feathers <laughs> on a, this tape, right? It's a fly-through. It's a drive-through, yeah. Yeah, it's like a drive-through feather collector (laughs) thing, and it hangs. So they go and hang these things all through the forest, (laughs) and this bird comes along and says, "Oh, there's a whole bunch of feathers. That's exactly what I need. Uh, I don't need to go looking around for five days to try and get the feathers. I'll just grab as much as I want from here, and I'll go make the nest." And they don't get these awful, awful parasites. Well, here's the thing. They treat the feathers with a bird-friendly insecticide and the flies that come into the nest to try and get the, uh, Mm -hmm. the, they're repelled. Yeah, right. So they're actually targeting, they're targeting it right at the source. Pretty cool. So someone went out and did that and wouldn't you feel... I bet they feel great that they've done that. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. There's little videos of them um, building a nest and stuff after stealing the feathers. (laughs) But it says here that uh, on average now, uh, 95% of chicks 
are surviving with these new feathers, which are protecting them without them knowing it, medicated feathers, compared to only 8% uh, that, that do not have the, uh, the feathers that they've supplied. That's a big difference. That's awesome. These Huge birds are going to be overrunning the place soon, though. Yeah, yeah, they'll be taking over the world, and we'll be thinking, what have we too done? Too many, too many. No, I'd but be that's... okay if it was the 39 spotted, <laughs> but the 40 spotted, oh, they're the noisy ones. Oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, good stuff, That eh? is a good news story. Yeah, though. thanks. I, I redeemed myself <laughs> from... Uh, Mining for stones to medicated feathers. Well done. I can do anything. You're familiar with the Grampians? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Very famous. Very famous place. Uh, famous for for bushwalking, hiking, whatever you want to call it, rock climbing as well. Well, this kind of dovetails pretty well into our uh, our whole podcast today. And we've mentioned this um, before, I think it was in the last episode, wasn't it? About, well, last episode, I think we spoke about the renaming of uh, particular places because they weren't, in fact, very nice people that they were named after. Well, this this is slightly different, but there was uh, all these artifacts found in the Grampians in a particular, particular area. So they've actually banned... A little bit of rock climbing, not everything, but they've just this one particular area. They've said, "Well, you're no longer allowed to uh, rock climb there." And I know if you were a rock climber of that area, you might be kind of pretty quick to judge and uh, and say, "You know, it's um, yeah, we're not doing any damage or whatever." But but when you dig down into this this article, and they say that there's a uh, um, 20,000-year-old rock art in and around the vicinity of exactly where they climb, hmm. you kind of start to, to see their, their point. And uh, obviously the local, the local Aboriginal community and, you know, land councils, all those sort of people got together and decided what would be the best... Uh, plan of attack and that's what they've decided is just a few of the the climbing routes have been shut off now to climbing just to preserve these uh, areas the grampians is home to about 200 rock art sites which is more than anywhere else in southeastern australia so the whole area is very rich with that um archaeological evidence there of, uh, as we said earlier in the podcast, the people that walked before us, yep. uh, estimated 22,000 years old. So the more that I get immersed into these stories and then uh, the more that you know, we had the opportunity to talk to our guest tonight, the more that you look at some of these articles and you just think, it's a no-brainer. Just, yeah, protect it. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's been around for twenty two thousand years, and then you know you really want to hike there, or you really want to camp there, or you really want to whatever it is. Doesn't matter what. I'm not having to go at rock climbers at all. I'm just saying whatever it is that's done in that area needs to be done in a way that we're protecting these 
these uh, whatever it is. The um, there was things like uh, stone fragments from when they were napping uh, points, I guess arrow points or something, spear points. I think it was more likely to be with Indigenous Australians. Um, yeah, mm. real interesting stuff. Oh, it's it's heritage. It's not unfounded. Uh, mm. I, it's not an unfounded debate. So yeah, I'm interested in that sort of stuff. I I do see the the alternate argument that there are, you know, a- elements of the outdoors that are being shut down to to people of today. But perhaps we need to respect that um, that heritage that we've got. And yeah, mate, I'm, perhaps, I'm all... perhaps we should never have been allowed to go to some of these places in the first place. Maybe that's the question. We, right. we didn't know anything. We weren't asking the right people. We didn't. And so we just, oh, well, yeah, we'll just go wherever we want. It's an interesting debate, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, and I mean, that's what uh, that's what it's all about, not debating, but that's what it's all about is just discussing it, understanding it, yeah. and trying to look at it from different perspectives do I want my favourite hiking trail to be shut down? No, I don't really. I'm thinking of a particular hike right now. I don't want that shut down. But if you told me or showed me uh, or demonstrated the, the cultural significance and explained it that way, I'd say, okay, well, that's a little bit sad. Um, but let's reroute that to protect that area. And mm. everybody's happy, so yeah. Mm. There you go. But on a positive, I mean that that's not really a negative story. The positive of that is they found more awesome cave paintings. Yeah, which is just fantastic. So, you yeah, can never right. never find too many of them. Yeah, cool. Hey, uh, I got a message today from uh, one of the guys at Topo Maps Plus, which is. It's no secret that they're one of our sponsors and we use their their um, app all the time when we're outdoors. And he said, I thought you might like this. We're showing a little love to our to our Aussie uh, users. And what he's done, I'll show you a picture of it. They've actually gone through, when you're setting waypoints, they had a lot of generic um, symbols is you can drop a waypoint yep. at a waterfall or something just okay. to remind you next time that, uh, oh, yeah, Sim will be coming up to that waterfall. Yeah, and here's this a red little... car and Yeah, you know, yeah, I put, the, yep. I put the car, I've used, I use that all the time where I, you know, I drop a pin and yep. I put the car symbol and then whenever you look at the map throughout the day, you know where you parked your car. <laughs> so what have so, they done? Yeah, so they've done um, Australian animals, which is really, really cool. And some of the ones they've done is uh, the cassowary, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, they, they've got a whole bunch of, of US animals in there and, and animals from around the world. But yeah, the cassowary, which is, maybe I'll do a question on that one day. It's a bird that if you mm-hmm. got it on the wrong day, it's like a large ostrich or emu. If you got it on the wrong day, uh, mm. it could kill you. If you oh, it's got massive talons. It lives up near uh, south yeah. of Townsville and Cardwell and all that sort of region of Queensland on the coast. And it's yeah, it's a Very beautiful, aggressive. beautiful bird, which is quite aggressive. Yeah, it has. Yeah, but it has. Uh, it's killed a lot of people, animals, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know the, the stats on people, but yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's big enough to put you in a world of hurt. Uh, cockatoo, 
not such not such a killer. <laughs> I mean, it's they've only killed about a hundred people in Australia. <laughs> uh, then we got stuff like the goanna, kangaroos, of course. You got to have a kangaroo there. Uh, what was that one? A koala, a lyrebird, which people won't won't know. A lyrebird does absolutely pitch perfect. Uh, interpretations or, or rather it mimics sounds that it hears pitch perfect and so what it will do in the in the wilderness is it'll uh, imitate other birds around it but absolutely perfect absolutely perfect so perfect that the other birds think that it's um it's the same species the funny thing with the introduced introduction of of humans is these uh, lyrebirds can get really good at doing things like chainsaws and um, uh, what do you call it, car alarms, phone rings, all sorts of crazy stuff. And there's been so many accounts of people saying that they heard uh, weird a weird noise, and then it's later on found to be the, the, one of these birds. Yeah, right. Yeah. Are you looking up stats of cassowaries? <laughs> I'm just checking. Cassowaries have definitely killed humans. Okay. <laughs> That's oh, true. Have, it's have a we real... got a stat? Have we got a number? Um, no. Oh, how, how fast can a cassowary kill you? Um, how? Why does 31 miles come up? <laughs> That's, that I love that answer. How fast <laughs> can a cassowary kill you? 31 miles. What does that even mean? Oh, it's it's known to kill human beings with slashing blows of its feet as the innermost of its three toes bears a long dagger-like nail. The bird has been observed moving rapidly along narrow tracks in the bush, sprinting as fast as 50 kilometres, which is 31 miles per hour. Wow, that's slightly faster than I can run. That's though. really fast. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm sure everyone knows that. I don't need to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't I don't know how many humans. Um... Well, if you get that, I'll just keep on going here <laughs> with, with whatever I'm doing, <laughs> which isn't Queensland. making much sense. Uh, platypus, our little friend, the platypus <laughs> and the Tasmanian devil. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, thanks for putting that in the app, guys. And you can also put in tracks too there's another screen where you can put in dingo tracks or other sorts of australian animal tracks so, yeah cool yeah it was really i went and looked at it straight away and because i saw that dingo down the road from my place yeah and i put a little dingo track footprint right where i saw it on the map so i couldn't remember that <laughs> sent him a screenshot right very good so if you do use the topo maps plus app and you're in Australia, they haven't forgotten us. They love us even more. That's cool. Oh, it segues into animals like you wouldn't believe. Our last our last podcast guest was fascinating. I, John Garcia from uh, Soldiers for Wildlife. He, uh, did you enjoy that one, Craig? Yeah, that, that was, was special. I, that I, was good. You kind of say that about every single guest. They're just... They're just outdoing themselves. But I really enjoyed it on many levels. Anyway, uh, I received some communication last week saying that they're starting a naming a puppy uh, competition where you can name, go into a competition and name one of these puppies because they got four little puppies 
that they're starting. And if you did listen to the last podcast, you'll understand that they're training these little guys up to get out there and sniff out poachers and stuff through the, the African wilderness. So there's four little puppies there. And they don't have names. They're running a competition to pick a name for the four puppies. So what you do is you donate 50 US dollars uh, or more. And then you get the opportunity to put forward a name and why you think that uh, the dog should have that name. And and uh, you never know, you could uh, they could pick the name that you've chosen and one of those little pops will run around with the name that you chose, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty cool. Uh, obviously, you know, the same time you're donating um, 50 bucks to, to training these puppies and uh, getting them you know, getting them on the ground, they cost around 12,000 US dollars from the the day they're born through to when they actually hit the ground and uh, start looking for bad guys. And that co- that's everything inclusive, obviously. Uh, all of their vet bills, their food and uh, extensive training. They train for a, a year, I believe, a solid year. So yeah, that's a pretty cool way. So Craig and I have decided that we are going to chuck our name in the in the ring there, and we're gonna we're gonna donate fifty bucks to the cause, and we're gonna pick a name, and we're not gonna tell you what the name is, because we don't we don't want it stolen. <laughs> <laughs> but if by chance we do get a dog named uh, after our our entry, then we will let you know. So I'll put all the, the links in the show notes, but it's quite simply sponsor a dog for wildlife.org and you can go straight in there and have a crack yourself. You're donating to a good cause and you might have a little puppy with a cool name that you chose. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad we're doing that, Tom. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And I, I just feel like uh, you, you can have these guests on and you can talk the talk and... Mm. And say how much uh, you care about, uh, you know what what they're talking about. But there's a difference between that and actually jumping in and mm. throwing some of your hard-earned cash in. Yeah, I think the dogs was um, one of the things that came st- came through from from our chat with him was that they really do make a huge difference to what um, they're doing. They do a massive difference. Yeah. So what a what a great cause, man. That's yeah, good. that's right. The 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 skills and uh, senses rather of a dog versus a human. Uh, is phenomenal and they make a big difference even though one dog on the ground so these they've got four now it's going to be it's going to be huge go back and listen to that podcast if you haven't and you'll yep. know what we're talking about very right, nice work go sponsor a dog's name uh if i can quickly stay on the the sponsors i'd also like to thank coffeeworks.com.au uh for fueling us with coffee on our podcast tonight although craig has just switched over to a sneaky whiskey is it or is that a uh, vodka it's i thought it was vodka <laughs> and i thought okay yeah so yeah he, he's just jumped off the coffee just for he did have one earlier but he's on the vodkas now uh <laughs> Also, yeah, also wanted to say a, a huge shout out and thanks to Jericho Australia, uh, a veteran owned company that makes handmade beard grooming products from all natural ingredients. I still 
stand by my comment that they are the best products I've ever introduced to my beard. I cut my beard off, dude. It's all yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you thought there was never a beard there, but... No, you know. I, I, yeah, I'm wondering what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Let's not go there. Uh, hey, there's a really cool video I stumbled across in uh, on YouTube. And it was... It's a, a bear that attacks a bison... Um, in oh, Yellowstone. It is Yellowstone. It's funny because the guy's video goes through about five and a half minutes and it starts off here. I'll show you. starts off with all these kind of family pictures and, and the, the big hot water guys. There's like, there's <laughs> National the kids. Yeah. yeah the, um, oh, there's some, there's some bison in the field and then all of a sudden uh, they're looking out. They, they do see a bear and then all of a sudden they're looking out of their car. And uh, this this um, this bear comes in on this bison right near a car park. Look, Craig, look how yep. close that is to a car park. A full blown grizzly, not a little car, like a full blown massive grizzly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> look at that. I know. So, what? We've done all the stories. I mean, remember that little girl I showed you? Yeah. That she, their parents sent her up to a bison to get, get a photo taken. And for a again, minute again. For a minute, I thought you were going to show that. me that again. Didn't I? No, she got flipped wow, in the air and stuff. What I, what, what you got to love about national parks is how close you can witness nature exactly in most cases as it's intended to be. Wow. And it, this gets gruesome. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's not. It's not fun to watch. It is fascinating to watch. Why isn't that bison kicking? Look, I think... Bear's having a real good go. So Yeah, who knows? The the bison is trying to get away. Because right at the start, it actually goes for the bear and it scares it off. See that? You think, oh, he's scaring it off. It's bigger than the bear. Look, look at that. It's way bigger than the bear. Uh, But then it, it just kind of... I think at, to a certain point, like he's wearing it down and he's really having a go. Gee. Yeah, look, I won't. It's amazing look, footage, look, eh? they're in the river. Yeah, I know this guy gets the whole thing of footage. So then then the um, bison thinks, oh, I'll, go, I'll cross the river because that'll get it off my back. Bear couldn't no. care less. He's no. just kind of walking beside it, attacking it. It's fascinating. It's... Um, it's gruesome and brutal, but that is wildlife and that is nature, and it's um, not a happy ending. But there it is, fascinating. The the proximity to that car park is what what had yeah, that's me cool. just blown wow. away. You know, oh, you always bring the goods, man. That's cool. <laughs> that's Thank you. <laughs> uh, we did. I think it was in the last podcast or the podcast before we were talking about um mount barney and that safety video that was really i think it might have been last podcast yeah it's hard to keep track in case we haven't told you we're we're punching out um we've got so many guests lined up and we are moving as quickly as we can through them to get them out to you but then we have to come back and you know and do these intros so we did mention it, I think, in the last podcast, but what's going to happen is the more frequently we have 
we put out these podcasts with the intros, the less we're going to have to talk about. I mean, that's just a fact, yeah, right? True. So be prepared for, maybe not in today's case, because I've actually got a couple of weeks of, of stuff backed up, but be prepared for them to get shorter, a little bit more succinct. There's probably people out there saying, oh, thank you so much. That is the best news thank I've ever God. heard. I really, this is going to be great. I can't wait till they just, just stop talking. The from their mouths with words about things that don't interest me and get to the guests who know what they're talking about. Please. And I want to hear. Thank you. Yeah. So there's a lot of happy listeners right now. All of a sudden, you know, there's someone you run on the treadmill, you're running down the trail, you just heard that bit, you're springing your step, yeah. you're a little bit faster. You're probably, More frequent. Probably, you're probably less, skipping now. We're skipping. More yeah. frequent, less of us. More frequent, less of us. More of them. Yeah. But not yet, suckers. You don't get off the hook today. I was talking about <laughs> Mount Barney. Yeah, you do as I say. You keep listening. Don't you switch that thing off. There's a, a fantastic video here. Uh, it's only recently been put up too. And someone's gone ahead and climbed Mount Barney that we were talking about. Quite a treacherous uh, mountain. But they've... Uh, They've sent up a drone and they've captured a lot of the climb um, with the drone. Now, if you look at that, it's pretty. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's now, good footage. The, I guess the the uh, what would you call it? The caveat here is there's multiple routes, many, many, many different routes to get up and down Mount Barney, and I would guess that this is not the most easy one. I'll put it that way. I don't think they've just chosen the the normal tourist route. But when there's some fantastic drone footage here from all different angles, uh, flyovers. Look at that. That's a great shot. Jeez. So, yeah, it's it's great. They, they've done a pretty... There they oh, are this there. is great. Oh, this is close-ups on one of my favourite mountains. So I love yeah, that, man. That's it, It's good. almost like you, you're getting to get a bird's eye view of of what to expect, um, you know, when you get up there. So... It's good. It's worth looking at. It's a little bit scary Jeez. when you see stuff like that, though. It's just looking over the edge of a cliff at the moment. So, so yeah, mate. check that one out. That's Craig, good. I know you will want to see that one. Thanks for that, man. I will. Oh, good. It goes for 12 minutes, so there's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, it's been some recent tragedy down there. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned it. it... No, we didn't because I was talking about safety video. Yeah, no, no. I'm an experienced climber. Yeah. Oh, to... experienced. Yep. They had oh, to get okay. in there and, um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't good. They had to... Are you talking more about rock climbing rather yeah. than ascending? It was rock climbing. Okay, okay. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a... Big fall, little no. bit, A little bit of a different kettle of fish, that. Not good news at all down there. No, that is sad news. You know our friend Jode's friend of the podcast? He made me laugh last week. Yeah. Uh, we got some incredibly positive feedback from the episode prior to that with the other Tom. And oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and so he's Joe's has gone and put a, a review of that episode on uh, the Podbean app. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it says, uh, hang on, let me just get it on the screen. Dear Diary, <laughs> I love the Hike or Die podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't read it. I can't read it. <laughs> Let me start again. <laughs> Oh, see, it made me laugh at the time. I was looking at it on my phone and I burst out laughing. Um, I forgot to actually reply to him at the time, so that's why I thought it'd be great to mention it tonight to say thanks, mate. It just made me crack up. Let me try again. He's working on his journal, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. He's, he's reading this straight from his actual diary, I reckon. <laughs> Dear diary, I love the High Cool Die podcast. Another sweet episode. Nice one, guys. This dude's story was off the trail, wacky, intriguing. <laughs> what a character. Legend. Cheers, Tom and Craig. You are my bedtime heroes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, peace out. Oh, man, that made me laugh at the time. It just made me laugh hard. Very similar to what I write in my diary. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are kindred spirits. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you, mate. Uh, it, it helps us. It even just psychologically helps us when you guys go out of your way to comment on a photo or a post or or jump in there and and yeah, it's cool. We love it. Th thanks so much. I get a lot of DMs and emails. I appreciate them. I always say that, but it's always true. Uh, <clears throat> Jerry, Jerry, who I mentioned a, a couple of podcasts ago, or possibly even the last one, as I said, I don't know where I am or what podcast this is. Uh, anyway, we we did discuss her. Uh, she, Jerry was, um, <clears throat> she she, you remember this, Craig? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, she um, during her thirties and forties, um, she she kind of re reestablished her connection with with hiking and stuff which I, I i wrote back and said that was fantastic so um yeah so that so that went by <clears throat> no dramas there but then i get this uh, then i get another message and uh i kind of had to laugh because she said i can i can post a very lengthy message to you guys and while i feel like you'd have the patience for that sort of thing given your podcast format <laughs> She says she decided to pare it down to this, but oh. when I look down at the pared down version, it's still pretty long. It's like an essay. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Right. Um, what do you think we do? Three hour podcast? No. Come on, we don't do that. Never. Uh, but the funny things. What I really, what I really loved about it was she said, um, <clears throat> "You are speaking my language," and she pretty much bullet points all the things that that she really loved about. Uh, all of the podcasts she's listened to to date. Uh, advice for solo hiking, uh, zero drop minimalist footwear, the value of being barefoot, book reviews, heart, heart, heart. Great, another book lover. Cortisol, meditation and gratitude. Man, we dig into everything, don't we? That that would have been definitely with uh, with Chase. Yeah. Um, really good alcohol, <laughs> you know, whatever, vodka. Yeah, <laughs> leave no trace. Laughter and friendship. There's a bit of laughter around here. Sometimes there's a bit of friendship. Yep. Sometimes. Uh, embracing ad adversity. Being prepared, and this is my all-time favorite because I, I, I kind of gather now that this is not a worldwide saying. But she says I even had the opportunity to use the phrase "going pear-shaped" at work this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> So I just thought everyone knew what that was. Obviously, 
I, I do remember I've said it in the past. Uh, yeah, so, so cool. Hey, we're helping you sound cool with your friends. That's great. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> she uh, she went on a fantastic uh, solo hike. She sent me a little video of that, which was awesome. And then, yeah, here's where she kind of has a stab at me. She says, oh, I kind of skipped ahead to the newest podcast and I missed the ones in between during which gender identity issues were raised. Yeah. <laughs> then she says, just an FYI, I'm Jerry, in brackets, female. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Right. Uh, Watch yourself. She says, I guess I need to update my profile pic. Yeah. Everyone's a comedian. Yeah. Very good. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, everyone. You've given us so many laughs. Craig, there's one more thing we need to do before we jump to our guest, and that is the quiz question. I almost forgot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. That would have been that would have been pretty cool, actually, if we just never ever gave the answer to the questions. <laughs> okay, uh, Craig, do you do you have an idea of what a group of kangaroos is called? Uh, it's not a flock, is it? It is not a flock. You're correct about that. Um. No, I don't know. It's a mob. A mob? Yeah. Mob of, mob of roos. Mob of kangaroos. Now, did you want to have a stab at the the fastest they can travel? So how fast a kangaroo can travel? Yeah, that fast. I was, um, but I'll get it wrong. I'm just having a stab, right? Yeah, yeah, just have a stab. I, I won't judge you. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, mate. It's a safe space here. Do whatever you uh, 65 Oh, clicks. wow. You're so close. So close. Uh, 70 kilometers an hour. Oh. 43 and a half miles per hour. That's okay. one fast animal right there. So now you all know a little bit more about kangaroos. And most importantly, we didn't kind of leave you hanging by not giving you an answer to the quiz. Uh, Craig, unless you've got anything else to add, mate, I think we should move on. Let's do it. Dwayne Bannon-Harrison is somebody, and I, I think I mentioned this in the podcast, I discovered him through his uh, Instagram account, and he's half Indigenous Australian and half Irish, which we do discuss as well. What that does is it sets him up to almost, in a sense, have one foot in each world, and he's incredibly passionate about his, his uh, in particular, his Indigenous heritage and what that means to him and how that responsibilities have been handed down to him. And he finds a fantastic way of bridging that gap between people like ourselves who perhaps haven't had the exposure to the Indigenous community. We also discussed that pretty heavily, just I'm not going to go into it now, but it's not what you think. Uh, it's hard to to um, get yourself immersed in that community uh, living in certain parts of Australia. So you'll get something out of that. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is that he he's a he's a very unique individual, but he really does uh, allow us to ask all the stupid questions and and delve very deeply into into lots and lots of of points of interest and I, I really did mean it at the start when I when I joked that uh, I, I've 
you know, about growing older and wiser. This is something that I got into my age and never been been educated in in all the things that we've gone through in this in this podcast with Dwayne. So it was an absolute privilege to have so much time to to hear his story and and ask, as I said, ask all the stupid questions. <laughs> yes, we did. And his... he's very patient, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> His um one of his podcasts, uh, Bring Back the Warrior, is my new favorite podcast. I'm I'm mm-hmm. listening to it a lot. And I um I think he has such a gift and openness of speaking with people and um much respect to him and, and sharing his time with us. We got a lot out of it. We were yeah, just able to just speak with him about some of the things that I've always wanted to to chat to to Dwayne about. So that was great. Mm. So selfishly for me it was to learn uh, have a deeper understanding of of Indigenous Australians and their connection with with the land. At the same time, I thought it was a perfect guest to introduce the world to uh, what little they probably know about Indigenous Australians. And there's no better person than Dwayne to expose you to that. So yeah, enjoy our conversation and enjoy learning. And thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time around. See you later. Welcome, Dwayne Bannon Harrison, to the podcast, mate. How are you? Hey, uh, we yellow gun brothers. Uh, uh, good evening. It's uh, fantastic to be here. Um, you know, this is uh, probably uh, the first night uh, podcast I've ever been on. So yeah, it's exciting times, and I'm I'm ready for the pilgrimage. Uh, yeah, welcome. I, uh, I've listened to a bit of, <laughs> a bit of your work, and uh, actually, I listened to. Your latest potty uh, yesterday. It took me a while, mind you, but uh, but it's good. It's uh, I, I love your work, lads. I think it's I think it's really cool. And, and like any you know any uh, any good fellow podcaster, we we got to you know help each other out and listen to to each other's dialogues, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. And uh, I really appreciate those kind words, mate. Uh, would that have been the uh, that must have been the Chase? Was it Chase, Chase Tucker? Yeah. Really interesting, um, actually. Yeah, it was good. Thank you. Yeah, no, he's a top bloke, and full credit to him for how good the podcast was. <laughs> Did you um, had you ever heard the story uh, that we talked about the Dreamtime story of um, the Glasshouse Mountains? I I heard all about it. I've been past it. I've been up that way. Uh, we uh, travelled up to uh, Harvey Bay and came south. Yep. So uh, I've been been to your country once. I've heard all about it. Um, I believe, and, and I might be corrected. I think it's Waka Waka country. Um, it, it might be. I know that they're one of the one of the lang- language groups around there. Um, okay. And uh, but uh, yeah, look, I, I know the Bachelor people are a little bit further north too. So and apologies for any uh, Indigenous Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people if I've missed the, the actual language group. But um, my experience in that in, in that place and on that country was only brief. Um, I tell you what, um, you know, we did the the whole sort of you know, bypass Noosa and Caloundra and, and all that. But uh, a little town that I, I fell in love with was I think it's Yamundi, is it? Is that mm. the oh, yeah. town? Yeah, beautiful. What a, what a great place. Yeah, yeah I used to live near there. there. Yeah. Oh, mate, it, it, the energy in that place was something <laughs> something else. And uh, we ended up catching up with it with a fellow Indigenous brother there actually, and he and he, and he um you know stopped and he gave us uh, he st- you know, we had a bit of a yarn with him and we were on a bit of a bit of a journey ourselves. But um that that was was the one and only time I'd uh, I'd been in in and through there and um yeah what a what a fantastic um 
experience that was. So I, I definitely uh, would love to go back uh, for sure. Uh, there's there's some other, I suppose, unfinished business from me to you know get in and, and tell you what I, I love a good brew, I love a good coffee, and there was plenty of good coffee in your Monday. That was, that was for sure. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, and we got a beautiful uh, sunny sunny coast uh, shower, I believe, uh, on the way too. So it uh, good. It was it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. So we um, well, again, it sounds it was only like a brief a visit, but it was good. Mm. Well, next time we'll be sharing a coffee with you, mate. That's a fact. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, but no, look that that creation story. Um, when I, when I did listen, um, had a lot of lot of synergies to our creation story. Uh, very very similar. You know, there was a, I think there was a reference to an elder son and a mother and yes, and family and stuff. And and we've got a, a very similar one down here at home. Um, oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Hey, mate, I want to I want to reverse a little bit because mm. uh, we have. Uh, guests from all over the world uh and and especially when we get people who are on that speak other languages i kind of pride myself and craig knows this he always laughs at me but i pride myself on um introducing myself in in their language that sort of thing and i'm not about to do that craig so you're not about to do that no but what i like to do is is get you to, to um just say that that good evening again even that i'd love to kind of try and get my tongue around that one yeah, Yalagan, Dago, Jidjang. Depends if you're older or younger. How old are you, lads? Oh, that's a bit personal. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're mid 40s. Ah, yes. Ah, you yeah. old, old trainers. Real old, yeah, mate, yeah. yeah. So you, you would be my older brother, so that would be, um, I'm, uh, I'm actually I'm actually 37 this uh, Friday. So, uh, Pretty but, old uh, yourself, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah, got, got, a, got, a few, got a few years there, a bit a of experience, a bit of clock. wisdom, right? Yeah, um, but uh, no, you would be my jijang. So we have a, a word for older brother and younger brother. Younger brother is kugang. Uh, kugang. But in, but in our language, uh, yeah, an older brother would be jijang. So it would be uh, yalaganda go jijang. So that would be uh, well, good evening. To, you have to good slow evening, that brothers. down for me. So, but, uh, you, but I'd say that so, to you, would I? What you just say, said to me. Say yalagan. Yalagan. Yeah, that means that means uh, that means good. Yep. Yeah, and dago. It means, dago. It means evening, dark, night. Yeah. yeah. Dago. Yalagan. Mm. Dago. And what was it? Kid Kijang. Well, well, I'd be kugang. I'd be oh, your kugang. younger. I'd be your younger brother. You know, yeah. Or I'd be your yalag, uh, yalagan murun would be your good friend. Yeah. Oh, Craig's my Yalagan moron. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, good go. stuff. Well, I love yeah. it. I love it. I, yeah. I have to say uh, that, you know, that we had a short conversation uh, on the phone when we were teeing this up, mate. And it was, I, I said to you at the time that, I mean, I touched on it at least, but it's a very, very unique uh, opportunity and you know I'll be totally selfish about it <laughs> that for for me and for Craig to to kind of share the microphones and and have access to someone who's so deeply uh, associated with and still part of the indigenous culture in Australia and that I'm sure I'm absolutely positive to overseas listeners they probably find that uh, a little odd but you know it's mm. it's sadly. Uh, that's just how it is. Um, my my upbringing and the, the the I spent a lot of time with my feet on the dirt in your country. But yep. um, apart from that one story we just mentioned, I, I know a few of the other Dreamtime stories, and it's really been in recent years that I've started sort of craving and and almost a a realization that. Um, it's time to get to know 
my own backyard and that in very much includes the, the people who were here before us and still here. So yeah, I, I, I'm just was so excited about this and I, and I had to make sure that I didn't get myself too pumped up for this <laughs> conversation. Um, and uh, the other thing I wanted to say as well is you put me at ease immediately on the phone call uh, and you have a very, um, and I know you do this for a job and that's why you're so good at it, you have a very easygoing, placid demeanor uh, and and you don't have, you know, I, I was straight up asking questions that, you know, what could be considered stupid questions, but um, you're just so understanding and I think you understand that not all of us have had access to people like yourself um, throughout our entire lives. Yeah, and um, thanks, Tom. It, it's important that, you know, for the overseas uh, listeners, um, you know, there's 600 different dialects of, of language, protocol, laws and customs uh, that make up the continent of, of the country that they call Australia. And um, I'm, in a, I'm in a fairly big consensus of First People, First Nations people, Indigenous people, Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people. It's a bit of a mouthful, but that's all the, the correct, um, you know, universal context of who we are. But I come from a little place uh, a fair way away from you fellas, really, so it'll probably mm. be important to describe the demograph. Um, I'm in the, the southeastern pocket of New South Wales and, and my, my kinship and my bloodlines actually go into Victoria um, uh, as well. So I'm pretty much, you know, connected through um, all my sort of uh, my lineage lines through into that into that real tight end of the corner of the of the of the uh, southeastern pocket of of the country. And um, so that that sort of gives people a bit of an idea. I'm 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 about halfway, I suppose, between Sydney and Melbourne in in a sense of where my my heartbeat country is. But mm-hmm. um, so when we identify as Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people, uh, generally we would connect with maybe one maybe uh, probably up to up to six or seven different uh, nations or, or languages or, or dialects within language groups as well so that becomes fairly um, I suppose to, to the common folk a little bit complex but I suppose the, the the main sort of rule of thumb is is understanding that we are multicultural Aboriginal Australia from both a pre pre-tense and, and, and a current tense as well when, mm-hmm. um, when you look at, uh, you know, what, what makes up who we are as a people today with Polynesian Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people, Irish uh, Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people like myself. I'm, I'm an Irish mm. blackfellow, so I'm pretty, pretty <laughs> fiery. Um, Mate, you know, we, we share the Irish bloodline. Yeah, I? yeah, yeah. So I, I come back through the O'Bannons and the Clydesdales actually through my mum's line and uh, yep. my, my uh, grandfather, um, he – you would never, you know, put him. Uh, this is my mum's dad. Uh, you never put him, you know, with with the Poms. But he came over as a migrant uh, in the seventies with his family and started the steelworks up here in Wollongong in Port Kembloss. So that's how how he he came across with his with his six children. And my mum was the eldest of those children. And um, you know, some some ten years later, she she met my father down at uh, Wollongong Lake Aboriginal Settlement down on the far south coast when. My grandfather and grandmother, uh, my mum's parents, they they'd done a lot of like, like obviously they would come over from the UK, of course. So, so yep. they'd done a lot of travelling, like like a lot of them did, and uh, 
and then yeah, so uh, and the rest is history. And I and I uh, bless the world with my presence, lads. Uh, so uh, world world was uh, I don't know whether it was a better place or, or, or whatever. Oh, but, your uh, mother would have thought so. <laughs> mainly, only a head of mother could love, right? But um, but you know, that's just a little backstory uh, about me. But obviously, my dad, you know, he he grew up on uh, what he's known as an Aboriginal mission settlement. Um, yep. So effectively, just getting to your point earlier, brother, I've, I am the two worlds. Um, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm a part of it. I, I morph. Sometimes I have to, you know, chameleon, but essentially I am a, a massive part of who the twelve, tw- who the two worlds are and a byproduct of that. And if anybody is interested, um, there's a gentleman that a lot of people would know and he was a, a pretty famous journalist in his time, but he's also an Indigenous man named Stan Grant. And Stan Grant has wrote what I feel is probably one of the most powerful literatures um, in terms of, you know, aligning with, with a lot of the values of myself in in understanding where, you know, especially mixed race Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people sit in, in, in the stratosphere, you know, I, I believe we are one of the most marginalised groups of people in this country, on this continent. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, there's, there's a fair bit to that and I don't want to chase, chase oh, down it's um, too, massive, many, too many more rabbit, yeah, rabbit warrants yeah. here. But, but in, in, in essence, um, you know, it's... <clears throat> It's an interesting place to be to be an indigenous person in 2020. Let, let, let's let's go there, and mm. um, it it looks so much different, brothers, to to what you, you know. You're a little bit older than me, but you know when when we grew up, um, it wasn't you know unless you were connected or unless you had someone you know with you know, an elder or someone that you knew or you know an Aboriginal family that that you might have uh, connected with growing up. It was it was near. I wouldn't say. It was very unlikely that you would get education, and, and that's sort of what Most you were definitely. speaking to to before, right? Um, because the system, uh, the Westminster system, the indoctrinated system that that currently you know is is, is um, you know the constitution of this country yep. of Australia hasn't allowed a, uh, an equal uh, truth telling process, and I know that gets thrown out a lot, and there's been some pretty awesome. Uh, elders um and and i always thank those old people you know my grandfather's one of them he's 84 he says he's going to live to 105 lads so <laughs> good, good he on keeps him. reminding me that he's got another 21 years left to, to boss me around and you gotta put around. up with him yeah 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 but, um, get used uh, to it. <laughs> but that's but that's cool right and that, that keeps me keeps me honest and uh and you know my nan's still still around and she's she's approaching 80 so you know i'm, I'm very lucky to yes you know my grandparents have played a, a massive role um, in, in my upbringing too, so uh, you know, to get back to, to to speaking to what you said before, it's uh, it's it, it's it's quite I find it quite interesting and and I, and I often get curious, you know, because um, for the listeners out there, uh, next week I um, facilitate a cultural awareness training, and and for those that don't know, uh, indigenous culture because of the lack of education and opportunity to learn about the culture we, we have a, a fairly radical imbalance and when we're and we're sort of making some sort of indentations in in the education and the awareness so for example you know western trained health staff they um they'll be uh you know coming in and, and listening to me for half a day where to be really honest i wish i had them for four you know, to yeah get it up yep. to some sort of speed but um it's pretty rapid fire it's pretty condensed but it's something so yes. i think it's well, put it this way, mate. It's more than probably ninety-eight percent of the country has exposure to. 
Hundred percent, and uh, and and remembering too that uh, you know we we're a three percent of the twenty five million in this country, and we're still a very much a minority, and, and and that's the way it sort of reads, and that's 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 a reality of of the country today, and I think um the main sort of thing that I've learned, Tom, um in in what you said is that you have to be patient, you have to be tolerant, and and when I look at that from a from a cultural lens and what I've been taught, and um you know there's no secret that I've been bush many many nights now and you know i've been i've been through my cultural process and um i've got a i've got a saying i wasn't the chosen one he chose me uh, mm-hmm. and, and i can sort of maybe later on we might be able to unpack that a bit but i think that the most important thing to sort of um you know hit home and consolidate that point is that it's you know i don't think it's a it's a blatant malice uh ignorance um there's definitely ignorance about it but mm-hmm. A lot of people just genuinely don't know or don't know how to approach or how to connect yep. with community and and you know it's it's very very common to put it in perspective for our overseas listeners to you know for me to approach and teach which which is now thousands and thousands of staff um, you know I've got my own cultural training package that I do as well as but um, you know I, I would be speaking to forums. Um, over what is now hundreds and hundreds of sessions over the last ten years, and and do a lot of keynotes, of course, and and what what I'm trying to get to the point is that it, it's a very common narrative, you know, mm-hmm. that and and some of the the most common scenarios that always unravel in front of my eyes is number one, I'll be working or speaking to someone that's never met an Aboriginal person in their life. Wow. Um, another one would be that their parents had educated them, and obviously that become you know, uh, scenarios of, uh, for example, four siblings and three become bigots and, mm-hmm. you know, ignorant towards that and basically racist or discriminated against, you know, discriminated against Aboriginal people. And there might be one out of the four that go, hang on a sec, this doesn't add up. And that, and that goes across period, right, for everybody's yeah. beliefs and values. But I suppose what, I, what I'm trying to get to is these, these common narratives and these common themes are like, um, it's like a record button, right? When yeah. I go into a space, it's just like boom, you know, it's there every time. Well, and- that's exactly right. So if you're constantly uh, unveiling that exact same, um, as you put it, like a dialogue or narrative, if you're constantly unveiling that time and time again, then there's a problem, right? That's that's the way research works. If you're constantly getting the same results, then that's kind of that something needs to be changed. Mm, mm, and, uh, or, or, you know, I suppose the way that we see it too is that we are finally getting an opportunity in some respects, you know, a lot would argue that that, that is still the, the collective voice of Aboriginal Australia has not been heard and it's 230-year inconsistent and yucky history. Um, but there's a there's a, such a um, plethora of knowledge and experience and, you know, connection that goes way beyond the 40,000 years of Mungo Man who was mm-hmm. found out in, you know, in, in the 70s and tested and prodded in Canberra for, for many, many years, over 40, like I said, nearly half a century and uh, finally went home just a few years ago back to the uh, Wimpicha and Bakanji people of, of the far southwestern part of New South Wales and, and those carbon dates were at 40,000 and we had uh, Feistic remnants at 80,000 years in wow. Lake George near, in Ngunnawal country near um, Canberra and... Uh, and then, you know, at 80,000 years, a lot of those carbon date, date, uh, date tests were coming through. So scientists were like, 
Oh, you know, um, I'm not fucking swearing this podcast, but uh, yeah, you can go. I can, through, can I? Yeah, holy yeah. shit, you know, like yep. it's that moment, and and the other part is, <laughs> I suppose. Um, now we're looking at um, you know bush kitchens in, in in the central part of New South Wales, and uh, you know it's uh, hasn't been made common knowledge, but uh, I'm good friends with a with a bloke who's wrote a pretty uh, phenomenal book in Dark Emu and Bruce Pascoe. He's a good mate of mine. And uh, he actually was on that trip that I spoke about before. Yeah, right. um, and uh, Bruce and I are good mates. And, um, you know, he, he got a phone call from the scientists um, saying, Bruce, we've just, uh, you know, done the first carbon date on the test that we found remnants of an old ancient bush oven. And, and it was 200,000 years. Whoa. Um, so we're talking oh, how many goodness. ice ages now, you know, like wow. ancient Egypt, Egyptians, you know, like we, my grandfather always says, you know, when when they're walking in the desert over there in Egypt and they stumble across a pyramid, it's it's tools down, let's, let's cordon this off and let's yeah. study it for years and years. And, you know, people are walking past sacred sites every single day in the country mm. they call Australia. And, and, and for that matter, some of those are getting desecrated, of course, and we see that that up on the news you know when when communities are are kicking back you know when we put that into perspective brothers you know that this is scientifically proven the oldest you know civilization mm. on earth and Absolutely. Uh, that's re- that's and, right regardless of what your opinion is about anything 100%. these are uh, these are extremely important sites for yeah. the entire earth not just and for our knowledge so that's right yeah so Dwayne, as you guys have been talking about it it's such a great opportunity to have this conversation with you mate we are you know we don't get to to have these conversations with with aboriginal folk um from where we sit as yep. we, you know that often at all so yep. really really looking forward to this conversation i'm just going to let it unfold however you know however <laughs> it goes you're just letting you letting us know you're still there mate but i am still here <laughs> yeah yeah sorry bro. no hey, no, um, no no can i can i ask a question while we um, go for it, We'll definitely get into some of the, the where your culture's at now, and you were talking about talking to that, and I really want to hear a lot about that. Can we go now to what happened, you know, before uh, what your culture was like? Can you educate our listeners that are all over the world about how Aboriginal people lived way back mm. and, and how long they've been roaming the country of Australia and 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 where you see the the key to their you know unique way of life and 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 what you guys are missing as well? Yeah, um, thanks, Craig. It's um keep keep firing questions because I can talk all night. Oh, <laughs> oh my I, I said to a so few brothers I. earlier. I said to a few brothers earlier. I said these fellas go for like two hours, and <laughs> two and a half hours, and, and they're like, "Yeah, you go away. You know, you can talk under the ocean with a mouthful of marbles." Really? So, you know, <laughs> well, that's and good. I'm, uh, and all, you know, I was sort of like, yeah, no worries. We'll just I've only got two it. questions. That was my first one. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Sounds no, like no. a big one though. But no. it, but it is a big one, and and look, it's you know, it, it is it is a question that. You know, I'd love to have that question asked to me, and we could talk about this in ten years again, Craig. You know, when, when I sort of put you on a yeah on your on a pathway with this, because it's all about stepping stones. When we, when we're speaking about such an ancient civilization as the Indigenous culture of Australia, it's you know it's bigger than me. It's bigger than the elders. You know, like my like my my teachers tell me. You know, there's so many stories that are yet to be told, and you know, hopefully your grandkids one day might be able to listen to a part of of the story and the narrative right that, that you miss. So mm-hmm. so it's sort of like if you can imagine it's like a it's like a big um jigsaw puzzle, right? And and you and you continuously trying to put that jigsaw puzzle together and, and, and that's how I can sort of connect um, you know, a cult in what I can share and I just want to be clear with the listeners that there's certain parameters which I'm bound by, um, by 
by uh, well, I suppose the best way to put it is sacredness, you know, yep. that I've, I can go into. I say, well, it's funny because I know Tom likes a coffee because he's there teasing me because he'll be able to stay up a bit later <laughs> than I will. But but it's like the cultural cappuccino. And uh, so I don't know if you fellas um, uh, know, know me much in terms of listening to any of the stuff that I do on our yeah, podcast. Yeah, but, I, yes, I, I have. I've heard but, your but cappuccino I, analogy. Oh, you've so heard the cu- Yeah, yeah feel free right. to. So I'll bring it free. out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, 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 pop, I'll pop the chair Because you're a you flat white man, to be honest. I am a flat white man, <laughs> and uh, but, but I used to like cappuccinos, and it's a bit like going into that sprinkly and thro- frothy part, right? And, and there's more, and there's more depth to that cappuccino. And as you go deeper and deeper, it gets stronger, right? And uh, And I think... You know, in, in a stupid way, that's my first metaphor for the night. Usually, I fire a heap of those out. But um, oh, I'm sure you know, there's I, more. <laughs> I just think, I just think metaphorically, way you know, of connecting things helps people understand because um, it can be it can be pretty um, tangent and, and, and full on. You know, some of the some of the dialogue. But mm. I think, you know, back to the point, Craig. It's it's such an old. Um, it's it's such an old uh, established civilization and knowledge base that. I think people, even when they get a little bit, you know, you guys will probably get this conversation and go, you know, holy shit, I've got, I got a fair bit of work to do. And, and that's my job today is to show you guys, mm-hmm. you know, next time you obviously it won't be long till you, till you walk in country again. And, and, and for me, in my, my role, I see my role in this podcast tonight is just to sort of say, well, you know, get you guys a little bit more in tune, you know, with, with where you're walking and, and why yep. why is it so important that um you know if you don't feel if you feel something in and i know obviously to the target audience there's a lot of walkers and hikers right so yeah. out there and and enthusiasts of the, of the outdoor adventures and you know i'm sure that you guys have more than likely if you if you've done hiking in australia you probably um i heard you guys talk about rock art you know you, you might have come across um stones or you know a, an old tool we call old tool site where all the old tools were made and mm. um you know there's flakes of different stones it's really important not to touch those mm-hmm. you know if you do come across any of those sites please don't touch them. Um, make sure that you can go back. And I know Queensland's a little different, but I know there'd be relevant uh, Aboriginal uh, organisations and people in the community which you could probably say, hey, I was hiking in, you know, Mountain X and I seen this beside a creek, you know, and you have you may have unearthed um, mm-hmm. you know, a sacred site. And, and I just want to push that out there as, as such an important um, message to put out, you know, to this audience is, if you find something, you know, you might find an old spear. People have walked, you know, found old artifacts. You know, it's, it's, it all happens. And uh, some of the country still is pretty much untapped, really, you know, in terms of you know, where, where you can and go. And I'm sure there's some pretty pretty radical hikers out there that, that want to get out to yeah, untapped country, right? Crazy, so. Yeah, we've done some crazy stuff around southeast Queensland, off trail, yep. and uh, mm-hmm. it, there's no doubt that uh, we're walking in the steps of many, many before us. And it's... It's uh, humbling and and kind of awesome at the same time, mm. and and I think that's the biggest thing, guys. Like you know, I know there's a lot of um, good resources now that we have with our with our watches and you know our, our GPS devices. And if you if you see something that's really important to market, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, however that is, and and yeah, please please tell the relevant Aboriginal community um, because. You know that that's there's going to be someone there, and, and what I'm speaking to is it can probably perform ceremony, and and you know whether you whether you're in touch with spirituality or not, we're a spiritual people, and and I think that's that's the most important thing from a from obviously from a, 
you know, a flat out period of just respecting the place and, and what that is. And, and for another example, it could be, um, you know, it could be a woman's site, you know, and you're a male and you're walking into a women's mm-hmm. place and, and, you know, that was, you know, ancient women that, 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 that had that place, right? And even in, even in Anglo-Saxon culture, that was important, gender, gender space and gender equality. If you look back at the history of all cultures, it's so important. Um, so, I don't know. They're just a couple of little sort of. Well, that's um, good, mate. So, bit, a bit of guidance hey, for some of you. Are you saying mm. that, um, if I'm reading that correctly, you're saying it's advantageous to the indigenous community to also to know that a discovery has been made uh, on X Mountain, as you say, mate. That that would be the ultimate way of showing respect. Yeah. Well, you know, I can. I know for a fact that. Um, Oh, gee, I might have to go back and find it. But we mm. got horribly lost, not Craig and I. It was another, um, it was with Josh, who's also been on the podcast as a guest. Oh, you're talking about Lost World? Yes, we got horribly lost and uh, at Lost World. <laughs> go figure. There you go. And um, Sounds like the Jurassic Park. Oh, thing, it's, I think, it? it is, it looks like it, mate. It yeah, right. looks like it. At one point, you're walking along this... Um, this spine of this mountain that gets narrower and narrower and narrower mm. until it's only about a meter to a meter point five wide, and mm. you've got full packs climbing along this ridge line. Mm. But we uh, we got lost a little bit on the way back, and I may still have a GPS um, coordinates, but uh, coincidentally, we just stopped moving, had a bit of a snack and some water, and. Um, I can't remember which does three of us. One of us looked down and said, "Wow, that's incredible how um, perfect that circle is in that stone." And yeah, as, wow. as soon as Josh saw it, because Josh is, spends a lot of time in the outdoors yep. for his work, he said, "I guarantee you, I guarantee you that is uh, some kind of like a grinding yep. bowl. Yep. So yep. like mortar and pestle, I guess you yep. could you could say. 100%. And and uh, you know." We didn't know what you just told us, but thankfully we didn't touch it. We didn't disturb it. Um, Josh mm-hmm. took a, a photograph to ask his um, one of his work colleagues later um, yeah. what he thought. And, uh, yeah, they 100% identified that. Um, most definitely said that it, it couldn't be anything else. It was out of place and uh, just sitting in the, the middle of the ground. It was wow. fascinating to think yeah. what, what happened there earlier. Yeah, hundred percent, and 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 that's that's pretty much it, right? You know, and and it's it's a discovery for the discoverer, right? And it's a it's a moment. Um, but if you don't understand it, but you know what? Like in that scenario, you might have got to an elder or someone within the community that knew that story, and and who mm. knows? You know, who knows that there could have been a a special ceremony where maybe you were invited to go back to. You know, I'm just sort of rattling off different. No, things no, but and, what you've made me it, think is it's it's time for Josh and I to get out. Get out the map, uh, mm. find the right people to talk to, and try yep. and um, just let them know that this exists. And and if um, uh, I mean, I'd happily go back there and and traipse yep. through that horrific terrain for another couple of days to try and find it again. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's it, right? And 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 look, yeah. So 
remembering that you know all this country and 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 so getting back to craig's question that we you know we were sort of getting through at the moment um <laughs> but uh i think that was another sip of coffee there i heard but uh no nah, look the i suppose getting back to that other point is you know seasonality you know what, what what's um what bush tuckers on on, on, in the season, you know, in terms of you know the bush cherries on, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever's going on, and and uh, for us, you know, when the waddle's running, we know that the whales are on the move down here in the south, and they're, they're probably moving a little, a little more hastily up up your way, and um, and I mm. know that you know a bit further on it towards Harvey Bay, that's where they, where, where a big big transition point is for the whale, and that's yep. exactly why we were on that journey that time was chasing the whale story around around oh, the country sweet. for that matter, actually. So, awesome. um, speaking to different communities all up and down the east and west coasts, and um. So, the the thing is, is that you know we, we're a nomadic people. Um, I, I really, I was really fascinated. Um, again, I was really cool that, that I got in and uh, focused in on that uh, on your last podcast yesterday with Chase. And I, I obviously realised he was a um, you know strength and conditioning sort of guru, and, and I sort of had a bit of a bit of a listen in at that, and and the science around you know body movement, nutrition. Uh, it was really cool, and I, and I sort of grabbed a few things from that 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 dialogue that I thought I'd bring out tonight, and mm. and that is fasting was a massive part of indigenous culture and still is. Um, fasting, is that, yeah, we we is were that never correct? we were never a, a culture or society of people that were built for three square meals a day, right? So yeah, came yeah, well, it makes Minnesota sense. I mean, and, the further mm. you go back with uh, us as well, it wasn't the case either. No, that's that's exactly right, and and to me it it makes sense, you know, like breakfast, um, yep, breakfast, breakfast, and, and and it doesn't matter what time you have breakfast as long as you have it and it's nutritious, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and, and and so look, I, I'm a, obviously I practice that and, and do that every now and again. And yeah, sort of, yeah, know, I, trick, trick. Did, I didn't eat last Monday. I'd do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I did it's it good a lot for the body. over. Yeah, I did it a lot over the sort of December January period. I mean, a yep. lot like three days a week. Uh, but I've tapered it back now and I just kind of listened to myself a little bit more, but I know I've got the uh, capacity to do it now mm. and the mental strength to do it. And yeah, there's something in it. There's something in it for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I suppose the, uh, the natural sort of way that that was embraced by our, our mob, you know, our people is that, you know, the other the other sort of thing around it is red meat was probably only eaten, you know, once a fortnight on average, really. You know, it was it was obviously for the saltwater people, uh, which I'm a part of the saltwater country. It's it's obviously, you know, the seafood is, is there and, and also a massive part of our diet in the most part for a lot of, you know, cultures all across the continent was, was your fruits and nuts, you know, mm-hmm. and your and your and your um and your herbs of course and 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 that's why obviously people probably would have seen some of the old archive photos of the old people. There wasn't many what we say biwan, many fat, you know, overweight Aboriginal people, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, pre uh, post um, pre colonisation because that was that was the way of life. It was uh, it was a, it was a very different way of life, a life that we obviously can't get back to in its entirety but there is certain parts of of, of the culture and, and yes that, um and that 230 year you know and beyond history that we that we still practice today and we still get the opportunity but i suppose you know you guys come from a, an area that's obviously you know somewhat urbanized as well and you know it's sort of uh, obviously, you know the more remote uh, and the more sort of untapped you know, the communities and, and and where you are um, situated in the country of Australia, then you know it's probably going to become more affluent. So that's just a, that's just a natural thing. But to the point, um, when when we look at um, how 
those old people, uh, you know, moved and the nomadicity was another huge thing, right? They, they were always moving, you know, they were never a, a stagnant people. Um, it was, you know, in, in this time, our old people were, were hibernating in the, believe it or not, they were hibernate, hibernating in the highlands, you know, away from the southerly buster that we get down here on the south coast oh, of New yeah, South right. Wales. And, 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 you know, it's just, it's no good for fishing as we know, you know, that they've already passed, but obviously this where it come into it, I think we've got a new moon coming up soon. So, you know, the moons were, were huge, you know, they were a huge part of obviously our calendar mm -hmm. and, and how the moons move with the tides. And Mate, they're so just, you know, the, the, um, a, uh, I've, I've got this book, sorry, I didn't mean to cut right. you off there. Right. You just mentioned the moon and I've got this book that I got at a, uh, I think I got it at a secondhand store a few yep. years ago. And it's a very thick book. We're looking at sort of 400 pages. And it's just chock-a-block full of Aboriginal myths, legends, and fables. Yep. yep. And wow. I read those to my kids like bedtime stories. Mm. And it helps me kind of learn as well. And the moon, uh, in one particular, again, you're saying, you know, there's 600... Uh, what did you say? Dialects or communities? Six hundred dialects, yeah. Yeah, hundred dialects of language. So to, obviously, yeah. there's there's many different versions uh, of creation and all that sort of thing. Mm. But in one particular one, it was the moon was the bunyip's eye. Yep. So the uh, the uh, have you heard? The, I mean, this is a silly question for you. There's just so many tales that I'm not. I can't be sure that you've heard every single one because mm. <laughs> I didn't want to just automatically assume you know every single dream time story in a whole well, world well i'll just sort of i'll just sort of consolidate something there it's um it's really important that um the place and 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 the blood uh, and the people are identified so therefore yeah. therefore that really is about context in terms of it being your yeah. story so to speak yeah um, because yeah it's not that's one thing about the book that didn't really I'm just looking at it now. It doesn't really, unfortunately, it doesn't tell me what what area believe mm. this or anything. It's just a fantastic, mm. a fantastic story and and a great insight into to the way that those cultures think. Mm. But unfortunately, it doesn't um, it doesn't tell me like where which people are exactly precisely we're talking about. Yeah. So I'm sure. It, you know, to your point, I'm sure that that story changes uh, greatly throughout the entire country. Yeah, yeah, no, that's mm. right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, the kids kids enjoy it. I got a question for you. Yeah, I think I already know the answer. Um, I've I've read I must have read twenty of these stories to my kids, and it was just the other night. My eldest son, Logan, he said to me, "Dad." There's something I've noticed about these stories. Why does so much bad stuff happen to these people? Yeah, <laughs> I said, okay. and and I said to him, "Look, I'm going to tell you what I think." And I said, "I've got a a really cool guest on the podcast next week, and I'm going to ask him for you because I'm going to get the right answer." I said, okay. "What I think is, it's somewhat of a of like a warning." or uh, that's passed down through generations to say either that's not the way we act or that's not the way we treat the earth or that's not mm -hmm. the way we treat each other or mm -hmm. other creatures. And there's almost a, 
I don't want, I mean, I use the term karma because I don't know any better. Yeah. I don't know if there's a word in your language for that, but the, it, it comes swift and it comes very harshly to the participants of every story. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, look, I'll have a crack at it. Um, sure, sure. Yes, for, for, for your boy. And and I think, I think the, the moral to that is, look, again, I'm going in blind. I'm not sure who the author is or whether there's an acknowledgement to any you know, Aboriginal people that gave him the story, but I would imagine it's a, it's a book that's been a bit of a correlation you know, of different stories that they've Most they've definitely published. is gathered from from around Australia, I believe. So there's a, there's a message right there. The stories that they're documenting are all hard messages to be careful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, you know to me when you when you rattle them off and, and, and i've seen a few of those narratives and and, and you know you got to remember that the old, you've got to earn the right to, to to learn more stories right and the more, mm. more so you know depending on which book or literature you're reading uh or in the most part that was the biggest struggle and it still continues to be today is what i say is we have a circular culture that's layered upon layer and layer and it's and it's tangible and it moves and it breathes and then we have the westminster you know law that wants to put everything into black and white and you know read it in in that uh, analytical way really you know when we break it down and and i suppose the point i'm trying to make is that um you know the story um the story is about the place and and the people um Without it even being, without it even getting told, if that makes sense, you know, it's really a story that that is about that that place and and then that area and mm-hmm. to the point though is yeah, there's some pretty strong messages that come through thick and fast and and to to hear the narrative and already know that uh, you know these are these are stories that you need to be careful about because it it's not about fear and a lot of people misappropriate it as fear. Mm-hmm. It's actually about respect. Yeah, no, I, I, that, you know, I, so, I didn't yeah. actually. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I never really took fear out of it. I did take more of a, uh, yeah, I did take more respect out of it. Like you, mm. you should conduct yourself like this. You should interact like this. Like th- this is the right way to deal with each other. This is the right way to deal with nature. That's the kind of what I was, yeah. you know, getting out of it. Hundred percent, and and it, and it sort of puts it in a in a dialogue that's like, okay, here's here's a story that could go one way or the other, really, when you look at the arc of the story. Um, but here's an example of where it didn't go right. But yes. generally, in most of those narratives, there's a there's a conclusion. Yeah, whether or not it's not it's, if it's not a happy ending or not. But the, yeah, there's the moral to the story the is lesson. obviously yep. quite paramount, right? So mm. um, it, it might be you know there's. There's a story, you know, different stories about frogs that are too greedy, you know, all yes. these different things. Yep. And, um, Tiddalik was was that story and, and that's one of the big ones, you know, and obviously the rainbow serpent and how it changes and we have our story mm-hmm. down on the coast and how that ends up way up in the Kimberley, you know. So that's a, it, there's, a, there's this sort of, of narratives. But, yeah, look, I think when people uh, read something in a book and, and I suppose I'll put on my... Uh, my cultural tourism cap on here a little bit <laughs> Go is, for it, um, is that people, you know, to, to read something in a book, as we all know, but other, and I know I'm preaching to the, to the converted here in terms of experiencing, you know, the nature and, or, you know, the great outdoors or, or in our language, mother earth or country, you know, it's just so, so much more powerful because you, you're not only just learning and hearing the story or looking at the story, you're feeling the story. And, yeah. Uh, 
and that, as we know, science and the scientific, um, you know, proof around people having an experience to learning, you know, from a, from a book or you know from a screen or whatever. Absolutely, so yeah. much more powerful, and mm. um, and I suppose that's what I'm. What I'm trying to say, there's a, there's a whole host of those people that are interested, in, and I know some of them can be a little, um, can be a little tourist jaunty or whatever. But that that's that's okay because it doesn't mean that there's not a powerful story or a teaching mm. there that you can build in your, like I say, in, in your tool belt. Right? Yeah, and, that, that's uh, an interesting point you make, and I tend to uh, steer away from, uh, well, any sort of commercial. Mm things as much as i can and that and that uh because you know you you're always wondering if if people are doing things for the right reasons and and that sort of thing but uh it's i guess i i started following you on instagram excuse me i guess i started following you on instagram and i was just an observer for a long time and i was kind of you know to be brutally honest i was assessing what i saw Mm. And I wanted to, I was doing, I was doing exactly that, mate. I was watching and I was saying, who is this guy? Who are these guys? What are they doing? How authentic is it? And how true is it? And, and the more I looked and the more I looked into it and the more I read what you write on each post, the more I became totally convinced. And, and that's when I started saying to Craig, I'm, I sent a message, you know, to this guy called Dwayne and check out this Instagram, mate. It's fantastic. And I really think this is a, this is uh the first step. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, mm. I don't feel like talking to you is, is, um, is in any way, shape or form going down a route that I wouldn't be happy with, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, actually, mate. Yeah. Let's talk a bit about you and what you're trying to achieve with your podcast because I am. I'm really, really impressed. I um, have, a, you know, a, a deep respect and a, a keen interest in some of these Aboriginal um, cultural issues going on, and mm. a, a lot of the the content in your podcast has really pricked up my ears on a couple of levels. But I'd love you to speak to one thing, which is about how. Um, as an outsider, um, often we see, I see struggles in, in your, um, in your communities well, where. Can, can I in- just stop you for a second there? Because what I think, well, Dwayne definitely doesn't know and our listeners definitely don't know is I would say, I would argue very hardly that Craig has spent more time deep inside, um, <laughs> indigenous communities living and working. Oh, I wasn't going to bring that up, but well, yeah. Than than in any other person I know, I have spent a bit of time, but I still have. It's still not, not much, but it's way more than anyone else yeah, has okay. ever experienced. Um, yeah, you, you wouldn't know, Dwayne, but for four years I, f- I flew in and out of um, Northern Territory for the government. I was um, right. fixing kids' ears out there and um, okay. yeah. and helping them with, with with some of their issues with their health and yeah, right. seeing a lot of country and seeing a lot of communities and and. Mm. But as I say, I'm, I'm speaking as an outsider here in many ways that mm. for me, some of the issues with, um, and I, I'd like you to speak to what you think some of the cu- current issues are you're trying to help people with and, mm. and work on. Um, are you, I think, I think my question is that it was so refreshing and I was really inspired to hear this, this push from you to lift people up and to make a, a bit of a, a difference, which at, at 
are there, there must be, and I'd like you to just say, hey, look, there's actually lots of lots of positive movement within the Aboriginal communities or within their um, their groups that are trying to do the same thing as you. But we, as an outsider, don't see that. We, it's hard for me to recognise guys like you. Um, it's because your podcasts are public public domain, so we can all have a little listen and a little bit mm-hmm. of a, oh my god, this is this is what I've been waiting for. I've been waiting to hear yeah. this sort of conversation. Yes. And so, so I, re- I really accessible. appreciate it. And can you tell us what you, what you are talking about in your podcast and well, trying to do? Just to be clear, are you talking about? Because Dwayne um, is a host on two podcasts. I love. Yeah, I've been listening to Bring, Bring Back, Back the, the Warrior, Warrior mate, and, and Secret Men's Business. Oh yep. yeah, it's killer. Yeah. Okay. Deadly. Uh, yeah. Look. Um, it's uh, first and yeah. Thanks, thanks for listening on the, uh, in, into the podcast, Sunny. For the listeners, Sunny, a week and a bit old. And uh, I tell you what, it's um, I'm actually. Where am I? I'm about 20-odd thousand words into my book as well. So I decided amongst COVID to um, get real with the calls, I suppose. Like, you know, that sounds a bit sort of cliche in a sense that everybody's reflecting because everybody's had no choice, right? But um, Mm. I think at the end of the day, it was was obviously a time for me to, like anyone else, is, is to reflect and go, you know what? I need I need to change gears here. I need to transition. Um, I too, like everybody else, is busy and spinning many many plates, and I, I still continue to do that a bit. But mm-hmm. to the point, though, you know, we, we bring back the warrior. It's it's, uh, and, and thanks for the sort of you know, I think to Tom's point earlier about you know how he was watching the narrative of, of the dialogue and, and where it comes from, and I'm I'm very you know I'm very conscious and very strategic. Not in a not in a a business sense because as you can see i don't really sell it you know i, I do sweet fa selling really <laughs> on my on my instagram it, it might get it might get the odd promotion of someone coming on country but that's that's what i'm doing right it's a livelihood so i suppose to to that point is you know where it comes from is, is mega deep guys and, and when the book does come out it'll make a whole heap more sense but to to the to the podcast which is uh bring back the warrior um which is obviously my, my solo podcast and i run a a co I co-host a second podcast called uh, a Secret Men's Business, so you can get them on all your good platforms, guys. And Absolutely, you know, subscri- subscribe's we'll great. And you know, I'll probably yep. get a chance to to plug that later. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> uh, you know, bring back the warrior is is my life story. It's a journey, and, and I spoke a little bit about my you know sort of really uh, t- a couple of touch points on on my story and and um, being a byproduct of both worlds. I'm. I'm pretty bloody good at you know talking the language and getting people to to understand and I think there's a couple of points to to your point Craig it's it's about bringing even non-indigenous you know brothers to the space like yourselves that are, that are there to you know you're there to help and if we don't utilize you guys we're, we're not playing the smart game you know mm. uh, we're, we're not playing a smart game we're not playing for the long game and unfortunately due to oppression pain trauma heartache you know uh, stolen generation era um you know which my father's generation so my dad uh, again lived on that uh, Abri- lake aboriginal settlement he grew up under a mission manager my grandfather was born into lived and, and went through that whole thing you know so and so did my grandparents and many of my family so i, I get i get a, a fairly good understanding even though i only i'm technically the byproduct of the stolen generation as the son of you know uh, of, of of someone that, that lived in through that time but mm. the point is is that when when i you know understand that 
Um, and I know you guys, I don't know how up to date you are with, with, with what episode you're up to, but um, I'm up to, I've done five episodes now, but yeah, I, I just, speak it. Just polished off three this week. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. So you would have got it. The reason I went with the three solos first was obviously just to get a bit of a. Obviously yeah, get absolutely. To, get, just get introduce the, people foundations to, to what you're trying mm. to do. Mm. So um, I'm excited for you. You know, the next one you do, you'll get an interview yeah. with a fellow called Jamie Thomas, which is yeah, I just finished that. Gnarly. It's you, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yep. looking forward to that. To be yeah. honest, yeah, that's that's a deadly interview, and uh, that probably makes a bit of sense, Craig. You probably felt the transition of the dialogue, you know, and change up. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, what did you I, think of that episode? Oh, I, I like it. I love the I love the magic of the podcast that you've got the the three at the start, and I I thought that that took some keen planning because anyone who who joins and listens and gets those first three gets a real feel for what you are working on and I really like it and then obviously mate you're going to interview some people that are going to share some stories like uh, the, the the dance and movement um, tribes that he's been working with I was listening to that today in the car and yeah mate it it's stuff that you know I personally I'm sure that everyone comes from a different background they've got different baggage mm. to to sort of where it directs them but for me I loved it mate I got to hear these uh, chats with you and him uh, like I was a fly on the wall, and it was fantastic, mm. mate. That, that's what I. One of the texts I sent to Dwayne, uh, well, it must have been over the weekend or something, or late last week, mate. Was um, I said something like, um, I, I feel like this is a an opportunity to sit in on a on a conversation that I normally wouldn't be invited to, you know. Hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Which is uh, that's what I was getting at as well, mate. In saying that, you know, I've I've been in in community and stuff, but I mm. haven't had these i don't know where i've seen so much issues that um i would i'd love to to hear you speak to but i, I don't know we, we did have to do that tonight but the point is that how how you're going to encourage and and motivate people to look after their health to look after mm -hmm. them their their spiritual health and their their physical health and then also to deal with um social issues and, yeah. and and you know fragmented cultures that you guys are, are, are talking about wow it's it's um it needs to be brought up from the inside from you guys yeah. and and i think um i think ah oh, this is it's hard <laughs> to articulate this i think it needs to be okay for um why fellas like myself yeah. who don't have a clue what they're talking about mm. to just have a relaxed conversation and ask questions without the, um, yep. you know, like the, the, uh, the fun, well, not fun police, course, but someone yeah. just coming down and saying, Oh, you can't say that. You can't yeah. do that. Well, hang on a second. Yeah. This question is the purpose of this question is for me to get closer to that answer. Yeah. And you're not allowing me to ask the question. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's what's been, I think, tricky perhaps my entire life has been you you're scared to say anything uh the wrong way so you don't That's say right. anything at all and did then what do you end up with did you create any issues for yourself to to think about releasing these conversations that um weren't just for for community folk and they were more for yeah. for the wider um population yeah, it's it's really it's you've hit it you've hit it on the head and, and i think the, the thing is, like I say, and you might have heard, especially, you know, you've heard the first three episodes, mm, I say it's a pretty mm, bold mm. statement that I'm making here. Mm, I, mm. I don't, 
you know, there is other Indigenous podcasts out there, but I, but I think I'm the first one to really, I say, put my gurus on my balls on the line and sort of sort of <laughs> you, open it, gurus, open it right gurus, out. That's and, a good one. Well, 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 I have I sort of. I, I suppose what we're trying to speak to guys is um, is leadership, you know, and it's success and and what what you got from Jamie, um, especially in that interview, which. Like the uncanny thing was, like we say in it, Craig, and I'm probably giving a few spoilers to Tom, but um, and the guys that are listening to the show, but I'll, I'll keep it keep it in check. But it, it's all good. It's a, it's a great story of um, it's a great story of resilience, and um, and he and he speaks of the man in the arena, which is obviously from a, from a beautiful woman, Brene Brown, which we probably all know. You know, she's a bit of a leadership sort of guru, and um, anyway, the, the context is around Teddy Roosevelt, the former U.S. president, sort mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. that, and, and how you know the man in the arena um, is the one that's going to stand forward and get tomatoes thrown at him, and, and you know whatever. So it's about leadership, and and, and that's what. Leadership is not lacking in our community. Leadership is just not shown on the yep. likes of mainstream media today, Sunrise. You've probably heard me if you've listened to a bit of Secret Men's Business, the one I, I co-host with a, with the non-Indigenous um, brother, Andrew. Um, yep. we, I speak to that heaps and have massive pod shots at mainstream yeah, media. Yeah, I, I did hear one. And, and yeah. mate, I'm all, mate, those two, uh, I don't even want to say the name of those two TV yeah. shows because they drive me crazy. Not just... The points you're making, but mm. every damn point, they're just uh, they're just vanilla crap that That's is it. meant to leave a nice sweet taste in your mouth on the way to work, and it's disgusting television. Well, as long as it's said, as long as it's the right dialogue, right, and the right narrative, that's when it's, you know, and, and uh, yeah, so anyway, we'll park, we'll park the Today and Sunrise shows, we've just said their names, but, um, <laughs> that, you know, look, I, I just, um, and, and I suppose the point for our non-Indigenous uh, our overseas um, listeners too here is, you know, those those are our two, obviously the US has got Today show, you know, our mainstream sort of shows that a lot of people buy into, unfortunately, as we know, we, we know that the narrative's changing, people are getting into podcasts and consuming information a lot smarter these days because it's more accessible. But um, I think, you know, to the, to the point, though, is uh, demonstrating leadership, success, you know, resilience, patience, tolerance in, in our communities is something that our old people have demonstrated for years. It's just they, they, they didn't have quite the artillery we have now. Mm. So um, I... You know, I've had conversations with my pop, and I've done many of interviews with him. And you know, he, he's he, he's fairly in the know of, of how technology can you know, amplify our voice, so to speak. And, yes. Um, and to be really blatantly to to the to the base of why I wanted to do what I wanted to do, why why I've done bring back the warriors. Number one, obviously, to get it on a platform. But but I have just as much of an intent to change mindsets through feeling and understanding than I do with telling truth all the time because I think that's that's what you're feeling, Craig, especially, you know, that you've come into the space, you, you've grabbing it, you know, and thank mm. you for that because that's exactly why I, I sort of tinkered around. I sat on the podcast release for about two months, you know, how I was going to do it and, and what would I do because I think if I only went out with one solo, it, it might have hit the mark, so to speak, but I really think that I've consolidated it with, with the three yeah. different, um, you know, episodes just to give people that time to, to get used to it. And, and you're right, it is, and I think the word that you came up with, um, Tom, respectfully, was foreign and, uh, and, and, and and it's a foreign space and that's okay because that's where growth comes, you know, through a little bit of uncomfortability. And um, But knowing, especially when, uh, when uh, Jamie came on to the podcast, that... 
it, it really it it was it was a fly on the wall to between two successful blackfellas, you know, talking about mm. not only you know and and hopefully it did demonstrate that ego was was definitely parked because that's a that's a big part of you know we, we're not obviously like like mainstream Australia. It's not how 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 far our dick swings and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's mm. it's really about caring and sharing and understanding and mm. and it's something that obviously men period you know are starting to get back to and i i also have a a bit of a counter because i know that a lot of men want to hold on to their toxic masculinity and i know when we look at the shows like joe rogan like sometimes i think geez how can that fellow have the most popular podcast in the world but he does and he's great and but i think you know when i look at that i think whoa you know it's it's pretty pretty bold bold statements that he makes but yeah i suppose to the point you know is that what I'm trying to do, especially across in, in secret man's business, Andrew's got a, a fairly different way of getting the, the dialogue across. But for me, it's it's really about normalising connectedness and in embracing, you know, that other part of, of our masculinity, and yep. and that's okay. Um, and uh, but you're not a I suppose let's put it you know you're not a sissy or you, you know you, yeah. real men real men are not real men from our point of view until they shed tears and and and, and for people. You know, I'm not saying that everybody's got to have a big D and M and break down in tears just to sort of get it, but but it, but it um it's something that obviously men struggle with, and as we know in mainstream, suicides are huge. And if you've listened to the podcast, uh, I ended up losing my father at 16 to, to yes. suicide, and and that that obviously spooked me into um something that uh basically bring back the warriors a dedication to him at his graveside to say you know I'm going to do something to to, to help men and especially Aboriginal men. And here it is uh, 20 years later as a podcast and, and yeah. hopefully in, in, in whatever time it takes uh, in, into a book as well. And uh, it's, oh, it's, a, so it's, it's a yeah. really important dialogue because, um, and I've had, to be honest, I've been quite humbled with the non-Indigenous men that have reached out like yourselves and gone. <laughs> like I had... To put it into context, my best mate, who, who's who's non-Aboriginal, and uh, we we caught up last week, and uh, he obviously, you know, through my transition, and me, you know, it was a bit of a long story. I won't get into it, but but we've had some time apart, and uh, he reached out in the first time in, in a long time, actually, and he said, "I just want to let you know that, you know, I want to thank you for doing what you've done because he's just seen his." his best mate that, he, that he's grown up with who obviously they used to call us uh, Roy and HG, right? You know, we, we used to have this this relationship where we just take the piss out of anyone. And, you know, anyway, like good, like good mates do, right? It's the same thing, but from totally different cultures and backgrounds. But the point is that he reached out and it's helped him, you know? Yep. And, and, I, and I said... You know, of course, this this is for this is for everybody. Just because it's a, a man of color leading, it doesn't mean that other men men that aren't indigenous can't enjoy it. No, know? mate, so I'm, I'm yeah. glad you've said that because I really do see you've put this together so carefully. But it's um it's coming across as a resource for you, for you and and your and your and your families and stuff. But it's also for us, mate, because I, I anyone with a keen interest is going to really cherish the the, yeah. the conversations that you have. So yeah, I really think you are doing it well yeah, and done you've bought, i mean you've got you got two people on board mate so yeah 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 <laughs> that, that's two people got, you didn't got a have subscriptions right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah, two yeah. people you didn't have <laughs> and, and uh you know with in all seriousness that's two people you didn't have and now we're going out to a completely different demographic here worldwide yeah, yeah. so and, and i'm i'm fascinated with cultures from around the world uh we we spoke to um 
guy called Thomas Evung, um, fantastic podcast guest. Uh, you can go back and check that one out. Yep. And we, we got into a pretty pretty in-depth conversation about the Sami people, which are the original uh, indigenous people of um, Sweden, I believe. Wow, yeah. And, yeah, yep. oh, awesome. You know, I had, I had, a, I had a, a gentleman on one of my experiences uh, a few months ago. It was similar, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. So, coincidentally, I just... Around that time, finished a book uh, which which was on on those about those people, mm. and so we were able to really kind of have a good good chat about that. But it, it, it's conversations like that that quite recently I've you know as I said earlier I haven't had access to someone like yourself, so it was a kind of like slap in the face, you idiot kind of moment when I was mm. looking around the globe for these fantastic unique cultures and then when when i realized that you were keen to connect i thought oh wow this is this is this is it man it's the first step to learning about how fantastic the culture is on our own doorstep yeah and and when we take a universal lens at that look i'm i'm uh about halfway through uh nelson mandiba nelson's um nelson mandela's book and uh and the long road to freedom, and uh, I tell you what, like it's an oldie, but it's in an audio book, and it's it's phenomenal, you know. And, and why why I say that is that, um, you know, I've it's no no secret that I'm that I'm fairly, uh, you know, well well versed in in what I do, you know. But uh, to grow and, and listen to the universal, uh, I suppose, song or, or or calling is quite phenomenal in its own right. But, but to your point, you're right. It's this this particular um, first people's voice is, is a, such a crucial cog in, in, in that universal uh, voice and and um, yeah look I I hundred percent agree that what what a lot of people forget is that you know Indigenous people Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people again is the, are the oldest civilization in the world mm-hmm. and and I think the history of this country in where we currently sit we're we're seeing a lot of um, I say to people, it's really interesting to to, to take a collage of, of you know where we are now and how uncanny some of those. I think you said it before. One of you guys said that slap in the face of how how um, how simple it is, right? That that we can see these these complete uh, contradictions in, in mm. our history. Yeah, and yeah our, it's, in it's our like people who travel every other country of the world and then think, mm. and but they haven't gone anywhere in Australia. That that same sort of um, mentality is you're always looking. To, to other shores for inspiration, but you you kind of forget to just turn around and look behind you. Yep, yep, 100%. Mate, I, just before I let you start any other topic, <laughs> uh, what I've learned very quickly through the uh, Bring Back the Warrior podcast is uh, you have an appreciation for books, mate, and we, apart yep. from our Irish blood, we also share that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, there's a, a segment where I'm always uh, telling everyone about the fantastic books I read. Do you have, I don't want to put you on the spot, but mm. are there a couple of books you can recommend not only to Craig and I, but to everyone listening that have opened your eyes to anything, any topic whatsoever, yep. but also are there a couple, you did mention one earlier, specifically uh, in that kind of indig- indigenous realm. Stan, Stan Grant's Australia Day. Let yeah. me, I'm going to write that down because I actually want to. Yeah, Stan Grant's Australia Day, Bruce Pascoe's Dark Emu, two 
essential books. They've even made that a, a, a uh, mandatory reading in Parliament. Uh, Bruce Pascoe's uh, Dark EMU. Wow, um, it's a it's a correlation of all the colonisers' uh, journals, and uh, Bruce has put it together to really turn the history of this country on its head, um, so to speak. And and it's a good one. Um, Fantastic. I've written those down. Yeah. Um, look, I, I I have to go and look. I, I'm sort of trying to get a feel for for your audience, but I'll, I'll just speak true to my my uh, my truth here, my purpose. Um, I, I really think any anything uh, that you can sort of read from Eckhart Tolle. Um, you know, you you mentioned his name in one of your podcasts, and it rung a bell. I knew I'd heard it somewhere, and I had to quickly Google it. And yeah. the second I saw the guy. I remembered who he was because I I went through a big stage of kind of mm-hmm. looking up, um, you know, philosophy related yeah. stuff. And yep. what a unique human being that guy is, mate. He the little what Austrian, eh? He's crazy. Strange. He's like a bit yeah. of a hobbit. Look he, like, but he's they, they call him the modern day Master Yoda. That's what they. That's they call great him. name for it. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is a great Perfect. name for yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there, but you nah, really you're you, right. you reminded me. And when I went back and looked, I, I'll be honest, I started watching this presentation on YouTube mm. and it was getting late in the night mm. uh, and it just absolutely broke my brain for a second. I thought, I have to revisit this when I'm fresh because he gets deep. That's, that's exactly the point. Yeah. And, and when it gets deep, stop. Okay, and, that, and that's, that's good the whole advice. approach. That's the whole approach to his work. So if you read the Power of Now, um, which is that's his book, is essentially, it? Essentially, yeah, he's got a few. Okay. He's, I've actually just got practicing the Power of the Now. Um, so that's the sort of the, obviously the sequel of, of of getting the concept and putting it into practice. Right. But I feel for your audience, out of all Tolly's work, I think a New Earth would probably be the better one. A New um, Earth. That's that's pretty phenomenal. It's it's a little, it's more about um, it's more connected to civilization sort of stuff. You okay, know, where, where the world is and you know it's sort of, but yeah, look, it's all like I I I enjoy all his work. Only I think the reason why, and it's really weird how uh, you know a southeastern indigenous man could connect with a little Austrian spiritual guru. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's sort of. I did. Um, I did love that. I did love yeah, that. Yeah, but I think the big thing is exactly that: the power of the power of now, and, and and the now in our culture, where where I come from anyway, is is about today. It's about living for the first day for the rest of your life, and that's why mm-hmm. I, I finish. You know my shows with that saying because that doesn't come from me. It's not my profanity. It's my grandfather mm. and his grandfather before that, and his father, and and that that old man is a survivor of uh, of a massacre down at a little place called Marlow, which is the um, mouth of the Snowy River, and uh, down down there in the Gippsland, and and that saying you know is something that we push out to all our visitors, all the people that come through our experiences, but it's also a saying that's embedded. Uh, probably, you know, I suppose everybody in any sort of, you know, obviously in any any belief or faith has that real solid building block. That's that's one of ours. It's one of the one of the crucial ones. And you know, getting up and 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 saying good morning to the sun for for everything that that grandfather sun gives us, and that's our our terminology. And and being grateful for what we have, you know, the, the, the air in our lungs, you know, the, the the sights we see, the smells we we're smelling, you know, the tastes. And and I know that's 
a lot of people see that as maybe a gratitude ceremony. It is essentially, but it's it's an old ceremony, and mm-hmm. and that's sort of what the what I speak about around the universal highway. You know where we all connect, and uh, spirit has no color, and it's a teaching that that my grandfather always sort of drums into us is that everybody is spiritually connected, even the Anglo-Saxon faith and culture is connected once upon a time i think it went wrong with henry the eighth or something like that but uh, <laughs> but i think the, the the point of it is is that yeah that that book is i suppose once you guys you know do get a chance to come on country with me and i get to take you to this spot um it'll, it'll really make sense because it's a story that i that i need to sort of tell in, in a place which is on mm. essentially on gulliga our, our creation story on our, on our sacred ridge line and um and the the main sort of crux of when I seen the power of now I just knew straight away I went wow this is going to be really interesting and 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 that's it's 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 just as much about the process of reading the book than it is actually reading the book if that makes any sense at all yeah, that it's makes actually sense to me. it's actually like reading maybe a paragraph and going holy shit that's just smacked me in the face and I'm going to sit on it for four days and get back to it so yeah. mm-hmm. that that's the whole essence of of how he's wrote the book too and you'll see specifically. There's, there's parts, parts where he says, oh, I don't expect you to read this book from go to woe. You, you'd be very, very good or you're just not, you know, you must be speed reading and not even taking anything in to do it. But um, so, so, yeah, what, what you've experienced, um, Tom, is definitely something that, that, that he works towards. And, you know, I, I well, think... I'm glad to hear that, that, yeah. that he recommends that and that I'm, it's yeah, not just me. Yeah, you're only human, brother. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, uh, what else? I, I think, um, look... Like I said, I'm really enjoying Nelson Mandela's book, uh, "The Art of Happiness" by the. Uh, that out. Yeah, it's getting a bit late. "The Art of Happiness" by the Dalai Lama um, is another really, really good book. My grandfather was privileged enough to take his holiness through through our storylines as well, so that oh, was wow. pretty mm. close to our hearts as well. Awesome. Um, to hear to hear what he had to say. Um, Oh, look, I, I'm, a, I'm a self-confessed late-blooming bookworm, guys. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think I've rattled probably you know. 16 books in the last probably you know three months or something well that's pretty chronic for me I'm, yeah I'm you've been through. going hard at it from what i hear on your podcast yeah, and, and good good on you good. mate it's it's uh i went through a, a quite a period there where i didn't didn't pick up a book for some time and then um a few years back i just started hitting it hard as well and uh the um, you know, enlightenment that comes with that, and and also you you said something before the the practice of reading the book is is also for me a, a meditative yep. uh, practice. It, it's yep. it's I have a special chair which is under a special tree in my backyard, and I'll go and sit in the I have my coffee next to me, and the morning sun will just come in at the right angle and kind of start warming me up. Ah, and beautiful. you know that's that's a spot where I can read, and I'll get visits from from butcher birds or magpies or noisy miners. Um, yep. Eastern little wattle birds will come down, and I'll stop reading and I'll just watch them for five minutes, and then I'll go back to my book and. There's not much. Uh, I mean, it's such a combination of of so many special things in one one session. It's great. Yeah, awesome, mate. I wanna I wanna talk to you about the warrior, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is, I I lived in J- in Japan for a year and a half. Uh, the reason I moved over there was purely to study martial arts. Um, wow. And which I started at a very young age. So uh, I lived and trained over there and competed over there and, and 
what uh, some of the things you were talking about what a warrior represents in your culture they really resonated with um the japanese culture if if you can in mm-hmm. fact believe that yeah, and I can. yeah and what i'll um say is uh first of all just just quickly can, there's a word that you use a lot uh staunch can you just mm. explain to listeners real quickly what you mean when you're saying somebody's staunch yeah, I think I use that in the context of the staunch protector. Staunch protector, you know, yeah. like he's the he's the guy that's standing forward. So we say, um, you know, we say, uh, uh, and that means moving forward on your front foot. And, right. Uh, the Wiradjuri uh, people, which are next door, um, have a similar sort of saying, and um, in Jamara, and uh, and and I think the the thing is, is that. It, that's the main, even though that's a really important part of who the warrior is, right? He needs that part of him, um, mm, and yes. he needs it, and that's a big part of his his uh, his makeup. But but not looking, I suppose, no one in the main narratives look at the warrior as as the nurturer, the provider, the listener. Correct, you know, which is yeah. exactly the next point I was going to make is that yeah. you very clearly spell out. Let's not get hung up on only being that kind of masculine. Uh, icon of sorts but let's not forget that to be that you know to be that warrior you also need to understand you need to be humble you need to be a nurturer you need to listen and you also need to provide amongst other things mm. well um I, I am i'm not totally crash but I, I i do practice yoga and uh and i just did it actually earlier today to bring my energy up i was actually feeling so when i was texting you i was feeling a bit flat but I'm <laughs> up a bit now but the point i'm trying to make is is those um three warrior poses which are the main crux of uh, most most yoga sequences and and especially the peaceful warrior you know that that pose and and what that does you know when you when you're in that peaceful warrior pose it's a it's a it's one of the, I believe, even though, you know, I can only get into certain poses myself, I've got a sequence and I've got a beautiful friend that, that, that does it, who helps me along. But, you know, in my sequence, I go into those three warrior poses and that, that always reminds me and I'm only fresh out of that. And um, it was also a really good reminder from hearing you, you guys, and just as a quick side note, hearing, um, you know, Chase talk around movement and stuff and um, there's no doubt Obviously, it's been quite apparent in uh, in in, uh, in in bring back the warrior. I've been talking a lot about my running and, and what that's done. But, yeah. I'll, but I'll park that and come back to that in a minute. Oh it's yeah, probably somewhere where you guys want to go. But I think yeah, I'm happy to go there. Yeah. So the <laughs> so the the point to this little little passage is yeah, it's it's when you look at that peaceful warrior pose and you've got that arch in that back and you sort of lean them back. I'm going to have to know. look that one up. I'm not, I'm not familiar yeah, with, it's, with many yoga poses. Yeah. Um, I do, yeah. I do incorporate one or two into yeah. my daily kind of movement sequence, but yeah. I'll look them up, mate. I will. Yeah. You've got, re- you know, re- there's a few different, depending on which way you look at it. There's warrior one, warrior two and you know, peaceful warrior. So okay. it's, it's all a few different variations of it. But anyway, those three warrior poses are somewhat different. You know, you sort of got to like a bit of a horizontal 
sort of obviously you know there's a bit of twisting involved and, and you your arms are fairly upright so there's a lot of sky sky to ground movement in, in all of them and uh and the three poses are fair, fairly different so to speak um but um the point is, is that's that's really important because there's all those you know maybe not a, it depends on which sort of way you look at it but there the moral to it is as many facets to the warrior you know and how, mm-hmm. how he can be bent and how he needs to be flexible and and uh and I think, and I know you probably, you definitely would have heard this uh, in some of the dialogues in my in our podcast or on the podcast that I, that I'm a part of. Is um, I speak a lot about the older versions of me, and yeah, uh, I have heard that, and, and what that, and what that means, and and I suppose that's just a a, a, a check in where I was and where I am now, and and I definitely have grown through you know many uh, groundings, even though there's sort of been a obviously big elements of success and and some really incredible things that i've been a part of in especially in the last 10 years which which i'd never you know if someone asked me today did you you know it was a certain conversation we were having and and i'm I'm the ultimate optimist guys you know obviously you've got that and and i I have to be because that's who i am but i think it gets me into trouble sometimes but uh i think (laughs) the most the most important thing yeah is getting back to that point of of the warrior and uh there's many facets and, and that's what I want to try to demonstrate, mm. you know, that humility, that empathy, the caring and just, just being there, you know, and just being there and, and, and listening and, you know, obviously with, with, with your partner or, you know, whoever you're with at home or long-term relationship and obviously your kids, you know, like that's, that's ultimately, I believe is, is, you know, as, as we speak about the ultimate responsibility of growth and, and embracing and, and going with them on their journey. So, you know, there's, that's, that's a lot of the crux of the many facets yeah. of the warrior for sure. No, I really appreciated that breakdown that you, well, not only that you just gave just then, but on, on your podcast, because um, as, as soon as you started kind of breaking it down on your podcast, I thought, yes, yes, he's so right because there's this, um, uh, you know, this kind of people assume that, you know, for example, I'm, I'm dragging this back into a space I'm familiar with. Mm. People assume that uh, if you're, you know, an elite martial artist or at least up in that higher kind of uh, tier that you've, you know, you've got, um, you've got too much aggression or, or you, you just got all these kind of, anger issues or you don't respect people and and it's quite the opposite if you want to be up in the highest tier you need to be so unbelievably humble you need to be able to accept defeat uh you you know one of my jobs when i used to live in japan i was only um 18 at the time one of my jobs every night was i'd arrive at the dojo so the training hall i'd have to go upstairs and I'd have to do a, a tea ceremony and make the oh, yeah. green tea for my my instructor yep. every every night. That was my job, mm. and what that does on so many levels, like you say, well, you're there to train martial arts, and you know people have a good laugh because they'll be probably thinking of the Karate Kid or something. Yeah, but yeah. but it's you. not even it's not even um, that far off. It's not a joke. You're there doing something perceived as mundane and and useless but at the same time you're learning a very strict uh formal discipline uh discipline that's right and then you and then you're taking and you're humble you're making tea for this guy uh and you gotta do everything perfectly and then after that you're allowed to go downstairs and and he'll come down and train everybody but 
that uh, there's many facets to if, if you're going to call yourself a warrior of any kind it's not about being the tough guy and and being aggressive i mean no. that's that's probably a small amount and of it i think i also really wanted to talk about the warrior because um you you make no you you don't hide the fact that this is predominantly for men. Your podcasts are yep. aimed at um, issues around men's health and, and well being, etc. And I'd love to hear a bit more about about why it's predominantly men, and therefore, I mean we we've we've shared on this podcast that our drive to get out into the bush in the first place was to find ourselves. And in particular, some sort of good point. primitive notion of what it may mean to be a man. And you're, you're, you're naming it Bring Back the Warrior, to me, on a surface level, was just about getting back to country is, and, and in outdoors. In, I don't know if I'm using that term right, but getting yeah. back to the outdoors and getting back to those sort of primitive, uh, we call it bushcraft and, yep. and stuff like that. Um, so I, I see it as a lot deeper that Tom just went into, but also is it about you know learning those skills of, of early man or, or what do you say? Yeah, hundred percent. It's like the, the, there's parameters to go into that if men, you know, obviously indigenous men uh, go there. But but from a from a broader context, that's right. And and just back to that real quick point around making tea. I've made many many cups of tea for our elders as well. But, you know, so <laughs> Good it's stuff, a, mate. It's a mm -hmm. when you said tea, it's like that's that's a common one for us as well. It's a sign and, of respect uh, as well. It, it's discipline, it's patience, and it's tolerance. And that's what I spoke to earlier. And again, when awesome. when you look at the Dalai Lama's main teachings, it's patience and tolerance. And, oh, I uh, see that. And 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 you. You know, like you said before, you're on repeat, and it's a bit like you know, like I said before, the sunrise ceremony that we do, and we bring people into where we talk to them and say, well, this is one experience for one day in a tour. You know, yeah, okay, there's a bit of commercialism about it, but it's when we get people in in the bubble, mate, it's on, right? It's it's on, and we and we get them in there, and we and we take them through our journey, and uh, and and that point that we make is is that repetitiveness is is the reminder. It's the constant reminder that we're always learning, and we have to. We have to, I say, we have to churn through. This is, you know, I have, a, I have a saying that we laughingly sort of joke about in, in our circle. We talk about Jumanji, right? It's it's a game for life. So, you, <laughs> you know, you're, you're in Jumanji, you play it, right? Or, or, or things happen and uh, and you got to play it right and sometimes you've got to roll the dice and but you're in the game for life and then you're buying, what I say, you might have heard me say it a lot, buying into the process. And mm. and, uh, and I don't mean that just from a monetary point of view. I mean it from, no, no, from don't a time, take it like time that and energy, right? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. You know, to buy into the process and... Um, I mean, if and it that, was just money, you could just buy it, but you can't buy this 100%, stuff. Hundred percent, and 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 I suppose, yeah, yeah, Craig, it, it definitely, it definitely is. It, look, oh, it's a, geez, oh, I just they, banged my. Uh, uh, oopsie, that's the old thermos. The old thermos has uh, just gone. It's kaput. Yeah, Dwayne was no, just no, going to talk to me, man, and you just, you just, uh, you just wanted the that's attention why back. That's I deliberately right? did it. Yeah, Everybody, yeah, yeah. listen to me. I'm just distracted. Coffee. That's coffee. Oh, there it goes. That's oh, coffee. Yeah. That's not me <laughs> using the thermos for any other reason. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I'm very sorry. I'm putting right. it away. Okay. I hope you didn't. Uh, lose your I'm sure you've break. forgotten they what you were going to say. Well, can't be, there can't be much of that coffee left, right? So you have a lasting thermos. Um, I think I've got about one big. cup left. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, no, but like, yeah, it it's got those elements to it, uh, Craig, and and I think that's what I think. Uh, obviously through the intrigue you guys got with with diving into bring back the warrior it's probably it was probably 
Oh, maybe for lack of lack of a better word, it was probably some sort of you know maybe a positive shock to the system. Or you know, shit, this is a little different to what yeah, what I would have uh, what of what I would have probably expected, yeah. for some reason yeah expected. But I, I suppose at the end of the day, it is about humility. It's about it's about you know all those core values of being a human being, and and we we as Indigenous people are not all that different to anyone else. It's just mm. yeah, sure, there's. There's different bloodline considerations and cultural considerations. That's fine, and you know that that's that's all in place. But like it is in any sort of other value system, and and yeah, it, it is about you know essentially connecting to something deeper than than us. And when we look at, and I know that um, you know if if you explore secret men's business a bit more, we we do speak a lot about. Um, you know the system that we're born into. You know, indoctrinated system. Yes. And, you know, are we are we built in the, in the age old? You know, and I'm, and I'm sure I'm speaking to a crowd that gets it that we're not all built for nine to five, Monday to Friday, thirty eight yeah. hours a week, three square meals. Right? You know, yada yada. And because mm. people get deeply depressed when they just can, that that is their life. And you know, I've got people that I love and dear, and that I that I'm connected through family that that live that life. And it's not for everybody to break that sort of system no, right no, you know but, but those that sort of do it you know what i'm saying i suppose in a strange way and uh and to that point it's it's just giving people the opportunity to know that there's something there's something deeper you know there's got to be something deeper whether we're you know what i get atheists on my, on my experience and they get the science element and go holy shit yeah we get the sea levels of rose you guys you old people have seen that you know so we sort of can hit many facets of different <laughs> different people within it you know and, and most people look let's let's not kid ourselves i get we get a lot of spiritual seekers that come on our experience you know that but we do get scientific atheists that still enjoy the experience for what it is you know and, and what we provide and and because yeah. we've got a bit of a multifaceted sort of approach to including like you said i think you said this right at the start it, it's about inclusiveness and um you know my uh, I've got a good teacher, you know, a teacher that's that's taught me how to sort of open up spaces where, you know, you got to make people feel somewhat uh, worthy. Is probably another lack of a better word, but you know, yeah, I, in, I understand in, where you're going with that. You know, to coming in into that space and, and yeah. sharing it because, we, yeah, if you don't, you're going to get um, people who've been too embarrassed to to step forward. I mean, that's, that's kind of yeah. where I've been forever until, <clears throat> as I said, right back at the start, man, and I stand by that statement. When we spoke for a very short amount of time uh, on the phone, mm. I automatically felt like uh, it was a comfortable, safe place for me to um, ask silly questions and, and, yeah. and try and dig a bit deeper into and stuff. And, and and that is essentially what uh, you know we, we're doing a lot of work around that um, through uh, I'm gonna just be real there, there's obviously like any society of people there there's different approaches and different you know attitude towards how hardcore we need to be towards non-aboriginal people to understand our truth-telling process you know and understand our stories mm -hmm. but like I say to people there's there's more you know how, how many ways to skin a cat and uh, and and it's not no one's right or wrong and no one's certainly saying that but there, there's other approaches to get people to understand and and I'll, I'll leave that at that because i think that's where people can grab what i'm saying there but i think to the point um yeah bringing people in and especially men through um all the things that we're trying to share and again it's it's a pretty bold mission what, what i've done and 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 it and it it sounds a bit odd but it 
it's definitely um, uncharted water. And mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a nutty professor, and I, and I, I sort of I thrive <laughs> off that. You know, when something's bubbling away, you know, I sort of think, oh, mate, I'm, I'm re- keep an eye on that, right? Yeah, yeah so. I'm so curious about this that I've got to ask you. And and <laughs> y- you know that um, yeah, you are you are trading. I, I imagine there's some cultural hurdles in some ways on what you're yeah. doing. And I've just got to just ask this: mm. in um, a lot of communities, there are specific areas for men and specific mm. areas for women where you do not go and and I don't know how strict the rules are around that yep. but in, in it was it was a no go for for yep. all of us workers and I I would love to talk to you about the fact that this is a men's space only and do you think that it's it's it's, it's inappropriate for women to listen to the the podcast yeah. or is there anything it's, to be said about that sort of it's stuff a fantastic question and I'll answer it this way. I would not have put a podcast out there that was sacred men's business. Yeah, because is it di- sort of what? Yeah, is it different? <laughs> is it? There. Yeah, I've yeah. got to definitely, ask. Definitely. And so, can you tell us different. about the sacred men's business? Because that must be what it is when you come across a, a place in. Mm. It's a sacred women's area. Is that yeah. what you were talking about in the community? I, I, I was in the yeah. country, and, and yeah. like I, I suppose it goes to that different level. So, for instance. Yeah, just to put it in, and I've got, I've got, I've grabbing your angle, and it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's an unreal question because, right. um, I think you know I've got women who have listened to Bring Back the Warrior, and my wife's listened to it, and it's fine, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it's a, whether the woman wants to listen to it, it's fine, and so for instance, there might be, you know, you know, a lady from the Tiwi Islands where I know they've got really strict conditions, you know, and on what they do with their laws and their cultural laws and their systems, and where mm. it would be a no go, but. What I'm trying to say is that yeah, I wouldn't put anything out on a, on a public platform that would put anybody in duress, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, but it, but it's definitely a dialogue aimed and geared towards men. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, and if women are willing to listen, which there are many women that are intrigued, because then again, in turn, that can help some of the partners as well. So you know, women women are if yeah, they want course. to and feel comfortable enough, they of course they can listen. And some women have actually given me feedback on it, saying it's fantastic, and you know they don't feel uncomfortable listening to it. And that's awesome. That's 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 what it's here. But but I think what you're saying there, Craig, is, is a great example of that bold statement. You know, because yeah. I need I need as as a leader in my own community and you know in my in my, my cultural demographic is. And again, I've got a great teacher that shows me the way in that space. But yeah, that's that's where again anybody and I said this before to a few people I know. If I'm going to put it out on a podcast, it's going to be listenable for anybody if they mm. want to listen, and it'll be safe, you know. So yeah, mm. that, but but to the point that you made before that there is um, uh, strict uh, parameters for for different people around that, and and I suppose from our perspective and our point of view. Um, you know, bring back the warrior is is a story about an indigenous man who's sharing what he's learned and his experience to help others. And I don't know whether you've obviously heard the references to my sister uh, in, yes, in the podcast, and, absolutely, yeah, and how important that was. And I'll yes. just speak to that really quickly. Is that my sister's my hero. Um, she's my numang, and she uh, she was uh, survived, uh, you know, an attempted murder, you know, on, on our Aboriginal community, and. Uh, and that was at the hands of an Aboriginal man, and uh, you know he he's uh, currently uh, serving the back end of his time at the moment, and, and I won't go right into it, but it's enough to sort of state that um, my big sort of message is that we must protect our women, you know, our mothers of our children, our birthing mothers, and and Mother Earth, you know, they're all that. That's part of how how we believe we see country as our mother, and 
and and that's all that that respect back for the woman and uh and that's probably another well it's 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 huge because it's part of my big three that i speak about i know you guys have heard the dialogue so um it's it's my third big crucial cog in 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 the makeup of what i've experienced and uh you know i work with perpetrators and and i work with men that are are also victims of 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 family violence and domestic violence as well and whatever we sort of you know tout it as but uh we know that's rife in in a lot of communities not just the indigenous community but again that's another spotlight that's i feel is unfairly put on us a lot of the time as well but uh, it's a reality and so i suppose there's that that complete flip around right that that i've lived enough of the trauma and the realities in my community yeah. but then flip it around in a in a success and leadership sort of tone as well yeah, to say I, that, that it's okay you know yeah. you think things are things are shit in certain circumstances and i live it and i know it um and but yeah here, here we are you know forging forward to to make better for better change for our people but i'm also very strong brothers that i believe that you know myself and other aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people have got so much to offer you know the rest mm. of society as well. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Mm. Oh boy, there's a lot to unpack there, mate. That's just got my head spinning. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I've got a tendency to do that. No, man. no, it's all good. I, I this what people probably don't know is uh, through the editing process, um, a lot of times Craig has to um, sit here and and listen to a large part of podcasts. Uh, something I'll do. Uh, semi rarely is revisit a podcast of a particular guest while I'm driving because when I'm in this mode I don't quite get the opportunity to really sit back and and soak everything in sometimes because I'm kind of in that work mode mentality so this is one I guarantee you this will be coming on in the car when I'm driving uh, in the very near future and I'll be able to sit there as an observer and really pick up on some of these, revisit some of these points, mate. So thanks. Just on that, hey, yeah, thanks for that, brother. That's really good. I just, as a nutty professor and I know you guys are the same, it's pretty surreal feeling, isn't it? You know, you think think it's a bit weird at first and I'm sure you guys have got better at it as you've you've been podcasters for a bit longer than me, but... Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty powerful we, when you when you can listen back, right? Yeah, it, that, cool. Craig and I spoke about this just last week, did we not? Yeah, mate. I said to Craig, "How is it that I can listen to the same section of a podcast three times mm. and still laugh at the joke yeah, yeah. that I was or I was present at the time and I laughed and then I <laughs> laugh again." What what is wrong with me? Yeah, it's, uh, and I was. You're uh, not that funny, mate. Yeah, I know. You're not I, that funny. I was worried at the start that I was. It's kind a nervous of laugh. Getting off on laugh. some kind of yeah egotistical fueling my own kind of fire, and I was kind of yeah. concerned, thinking, "How come I find yeah. this?" enjoyable but i don't know that's i don't feel like that anymore thankfully (laughs) no but thanks Dwayne, for sharing that story and i i see a lot of leadership in what you're doing mate and i really uh respect it i think uh it was really nice that i think my initial question was aimed at you know putting us painting a picture of you uh of the, the the history of how long you guys have been just roaming this country mm. um do, doing that particular part of culture and then two, 250 years later you guys have been thrust into a new world right um yeah and it's yeah. quite it's quite challenging and there are lots of issues that you're bringing up and 
and you, you've got to make a new a new approach to you just set me up for a perfect segue, Craig. To talk, you. <laughs> you've got to make a, a conversation about this stuff, and I really think, yeah, I think it's valuable for me to to listen and and for us to listen, and I'm sure it's valuable for for you guys. So that's great. Yeah, it's mate. What what I was just um, having, uh, what I was alluding to then was the uh, how can I frame this? Are you familiar with um, well, the ranges formerly known as King Leopold's ranges in Western Australia. Have you ever uh, heard that? Can't say that I Okay, yeah, no, I didn't. I yeah, mean, you'd, yeah. um, I'd probably heard of them once or twice, and that's only mm. through the hiking community. Yep. There's, we spoke about this on a podcast not long ago because this was uh, in the kind of hiking news, mm. and I brought it up as a topic. And I remember I said at the time, Craig, uh, that, it's this movement to to kind of uh, assessing these kind of names of particular places and yep. asking the question: Do we have them? You know, is is that somebody we should be? Uh, do they deserve their name on a range? And it turns out that this this guy, mate, is is just the bottom of the barrel. He was yeah. just Scott. he'd never even visited Australia. He yeah. was a Belgian tyrant. Uh, he was heavily involved in the ivory and rubber trade in the Congo okay. and responsible, literally responsible for millions of deaths, like an absolute piece of work. Mm. But what I think is fantastic news and, and it's, it's tough because, and I said this on the podcast as well, from my perspective, I grow up with the names of uh, places around me my assumption is that if uh, that place has a name, it is, I would like to think that the name chosen was somebody we can respect, somebody who yep. did something for conservation, somebody who did something for the community. Uh, in this case, it was absolutely not. So now um, I hope I don't... Um, uh, so this the new name of the range. So it spans for 500 kilometers, which uh, wow. moves over two major groups. Yeah, and it's been renamed. It's hyphenated to to pay respect to both of those people. And if I can just have a crack at this, mate, it's Wunaman Miliwundi. So yeah, that's right. the two, and Munawan Miliwundi range. I hope I'm getting that right. Yeah. Um, I'm doing my best there, yeah. but uh, that's that's. I think that's really cool. And 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 the more that I read about, I read about another case in the US, mm. and. What's your? Um, I don't mean to kind of stir up any trouble here, but what's your yeah. thoughts on? So and 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 just you know you've said it twice in the podcast already. Uh, you know if I can be honest, that's all we do here, mate. We don't. I don't try and paint any picture to yeah. the listeners of, of us being something we're not. So you're more than welcome to to take the stage here, and I, I just really love to hear your. I, how does it make you feel when you hear that that? the news that I just gave you and, and what do you think about those sorts of things? So I'm just trying to pick up the angle. So more from a, that it's been renamed. Uh, yeah. So that after or? all of this, after all of this time, right. somebody's finally said, Hey, should we really have okay. a, a mountain range named after yeah. such a horrible person when it should be named after the people who lived in that country? Yeah. Right. And, uh, I suppose, yeah, look, we, um, we only have to go up just to go back to the stronghold there, but it's the same sort of narrative in terms of, 
you know, Jimmy Cook coming up uh, up the East Coast when he stumbled across this country. He didn't didn't discover it. We know that, and uh, he course. stumbled across it, and he he uh, yeah he sailed up the East Coast of this country, and and we know that that's part of the history and the shared history of this country. But you know, you look at the three. There's three main significant mountains that he named himself, and and I, I uncannily you know, and, and the irony is that. The first one is actually the mountain that that we run tours on, and which is Gulaga. And uh, Gulaga was only uh, Gulaga National Park was only renamed uh, Gulaga back in the year two thousand. So mm. it's only been twenty years mm-hmm. um, where it was uh, formerly known as Mount Dromedary, which uh, you know I often say, and, and here we go. It's a bit late in the night, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I often tell the story which my uncle Warren Foster told me. Um, but uh, around James Cook and when he was, uh, you know, quite captivated with our story and and he uh, looked across at the mountain and was quite captivated with it because it's it's obviously quite magnificent and he was out there on the Endeavour and he said, look at that uh, beautiful mountain over there. It's got a one hump like the dromedary cattle. I'm going to name that Mount Dromedary. And he nodded it down <laughs> in his, uh, that's my terrible David Attenborough voice. Very good, but, um, very good. Uh, if it, uh, you know, I'm, 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 it's pretty late in the night when I'm, I'm usually spinning this yarn, but, uh, you know, <laughs> But I think the point of that is, is that when when James Cook was captivated, and we talk about that, and, and obviously he, uh, he he sailed up the coast, but the after he finished, you know, in Sydney, he kept going up, and, and obviously another another well, significant mountain which he uh, which he named, uh, which isn't overly far from you guys, it's a little bit south is is Wollumbin or Mount Warning, uh, yes, at Byron Bay, yes. Um, and uh, and then further up again, uh, obviously Mount Cork itself, you know, up there in Gugguyalanji country, mm-hmm. up in up towards and the uh, top also end. the Glasshouse Mountain, Glasshouse, Glasshouse Mountain. Mountain, of course, yeah, yeah. of course. How yep. can I miss that? So obviously, you know, I'm getting back to the point and the narrative of is that it's it's not overly uncommon. You know, we get lots of um, even some of the um, the massacre sites are named, you know, in honour of the perpetrators, and that's one of the mm. other ones as well. So look, look, I've got I've got some pretty strong opinions on all that, but I think um, for 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 really sort of you know, summing it up, um, you look it's it's progress. Um, yep. You know we're looking at different movements now, and again twenty 2020 twenty or twenty nineteen even. So for our overseas listeners, we've only just had appointed, and this is part of that collage, lads, that I was talking about before. Yep. Um, two thousand and nineteen is the first year in the one hundred and eighteen year constitution of Australia since nineteen oh one that an Aboriginal person was in the portfolio on the seat of Indigenous Affairs. So wow. it took 118 years for a blackfellow to be in that spot. And uh, and yes, some people would argue, okay, it's probably only been more in 20-odd 20, 20 years that we've had Aboriginal people in Parliament. But um, you know, for that, it makes sense, right? And it feels mm. right. Mm. <laughs> it's just taken all that long to happen. And, and, and for, for far too long, we've had you know, non-Indigenous people making decisions for us. And that's what our elders will tell us, you know. They'll, they'll, they'll keep telling and reminding people. And, yeah, we're in a bit of a new, obviously, stratosphere and obviously 2020 and, and the whole, you know, just have to be real with the Black Lives Matter movement and, yep. you know, where that all comes from. And we have that, obviously, from Aboriginal people uh, in, in current 2020. Mm. We've got our own own history of that. And, and I think that's, that's the point is that, I think it was going back to what you said before, we always, not always, but there is a big, consensus of um those vanilla sort of you know molds that you spoke about before of people looking outside before they even look in their own own backyard and and that's something that slowly but surely yeah progress and and different things like that but obviously the realities are um, like like Craig spoke to before, they're, they're still there. They're still they're still happening. Yeah, uh, that's a fair fair call, it. mate. That's a fair call. Uh, mm. 
Yeah, I mean, changing the name of a mountain range doesn't doesn't erase history. I mean, or, mm. or, or it doesn't heal automatically heal all these wounds. But uh, um, I th- I thought it was a a positive step. Definitely, yeah. And definitely. Uh, yeah. I would be yep. more than happy. I mean, I, I'm lucky to live in an area where um, a lot of the surrounding areas uh, where I live are uh, Indigenous names, which is pretty mm. cool. So, yeah, kind of, and you, you'd know from I'm I'm up only I'm only thirty minutes from the Glasshouse Mountains. So, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of that that area has these names. So it's kind of I'm yep. lucky. I don't I don't live in this this urban kind of area like Craig but um, <laughs> um, mate, I, I, this brings me to a I mean it's kind of a good again a, a good time to talk about it and I don't know how uh, well I guess I'll just ask the question how's that go for it <laughs> uh, what, what would you say is the the correct way now I don't have to tell you that when Craig and I um, travel through Indigenous country, mm. the efforts that we go to to um, look after that area, yep. the efforts that we go to to leave no trace, mm. uh, all of these things to not disrupt yep. wildlife, not disrupt anything, leave it as we found it. But what what's the correct way... I mean, we're just looking for education straight up here. What is the correct way for us, you know, as we set foot into um, these areas, is there, and I don't want this to come across as, this is what I don't want it to come across as, some white fellow who's trying to make himself feel Mm. good by Mm. doing some cliched thing so that he can tell everyone else that that's what he does to make himself feel better. I'm just genuinely asking from your culture to ours, what sort of recognition, if any, uh, would would be appreciated as we take those steps when we're hiking on Indigenous land? Yeah, tread carefully. Tread carefully, observe. Um, stuff that you're already practicing, I can already feel that, and know uh, you've been in been in your in, in doing what you do for for a while by the sound of it, and and now look, everything I'm hearing is is fine, and I suppose the only thing that I that I need to reiterate is, you know, if there's an opportunity to, you know, go and consult, or you know, it doesn't have to be a full you know official thing, but you know, if uh, example, you know, you might say to me, hey, we're thinking about walking, you know, out at, uh, out at Mudawindji. I'm just taking you out to far western New South Wales. Yep, uh, you know, yep. probably, probably not a place you, you'd, you'd hike too much, but obviously in winter. But, you know, just for, just for, for example, then, then I'd be able to link you with, with someone or, you know, when you're in our Koori or, you know, up there you've got Murray's or, you know, mm-hmm. our Indigenous, um, you know, lines. We, we've always got someone that we know, you know, that you, that you could... Uh, that you could link with. So, look, I, I always say that's a time and energy bucket thing. So that's that's obviously the practicality of that happening all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of national parks. A lot of your your hikers would be going into. You know, there's obviously um, correct you know, information storyboards. You know, just just to educate yourself. You know, sometimes it's good to take a step back and and just observe and uh, look, I come across many, many examples of that on our own experience in our own national park of even our visitors experiencing people 
just being quite brash and black, you know, brazen and, and, and doing doing it in front of, you know, my visitors' eyes and in front of us. So yeah. as, as custodians, we, we, we tend to sort of get used to that and then you have to sort of be resilient and, and try to educate people that... Look, it's a, it's a, uh, you've thrown, thrown me a lot of uh, how long's a piece of string questions tonight, <laughs> fellas, but, um, but I think, for that. no, no, it's, it's, it's all good dialogue, but I think, you know, yeah, look, trust yourself, I think, and, and, and I think that sounds quite cliche, and, but if you, if you're treating carefully, and I love what, you, you know, if you leave the place, you know, either, even cleaner with them, you know, no trace and, and all those sorts of things, I, I'm, I'm sort of, like I said, I don't know your space very, very well, but I'm assuming that's a bit of a code of ethics, right? You know, and it's uh, yes, a, you're correct. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the Leave No Trace is actually a, an organization, a worldwide organization. Yeah. Nice. It's, a, it's a term they've adopted, nice. uh, which quite simply means you should be able to move into a space and not notice that anyone else has Beautiful. been there yeah. awesome um, yep. so we we kind of adopt that pretty that, heavily and uh you know sometimes it takes a bit of effort man that, but that aligns so well with what we what we practice and okay I'd be very confident that that same similar similar approach um using the foundations of that that methodology or that saying or that ethic um those values would would go really nicely into um into the way that i suppose when for the especially, I suppose for the I would imagine the overseas you know, national parks as well would have similar sorts of obviously information and and things that you could gain whether or not there's obviously first people you know there's the significance insights and and you know well in New South Wales that's getting better they're starting we actually work quite close closely with national parks in New South Wales to help you know obviously identify so there's a bit of a mapping for us um, okay you know I'm not sure what it's like too much in Queensland but you know it's um. For, for for that to that point it's yeah i think but if you know obviously you guys are going into some pretty rugged country uh, again it's it, it, it sort of the the question that beckons for me is you know that's why it was important that it obviously some sort of connection with something greater i won't go as far to say spiritual i'll just go greater uh connection or you know if you sort of sense something isn't right you know, again, whether I'm not I'm, I'm I'm speaking the right language here, but that, those are the sorts of things when you when you walk in country. But but if you go back to treading carefully, obs- observing and respecting the mother, mm-hmm. I think you're going a, a good way forward to being you know very very respectful. Are you suggesting that if there's a, a subliminal kind of uneasy feeling that yep. as hikers we should continue moving out Definitely. of that area? Definitely be advisable, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that's and every everybody gets it, right? Everybody, everybody gets it. I'm that's saying. the thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. You said yeah. it to me. I'm yeah. I'm recalling times mm. yeah. uh you know, when it's happened. So that that's why I'm I'm not questioning it. I'm just yeah. saying it's right. is it an indication we continue moving or move in a different direction or something like 100%, that? Hundred percent, you know. Okay. Like, you you gotta feel that. You gotta yep. you gotta you know, it's it's telling you something, and the energy you all know. Like I know you guys, I'm assuming you guys are in touch with that as well. And it's it's about feeling the energy and, and making sure that you know. I suppose if you're comfortable, then that that should be a good indicator that it's a good place, you know, or or, or a place of neutrality. Yes. And um, but yeah, you've you've also got that real, you know, sort of sense of thick energy, or you know, all these different things, and uh, and we 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 teach people about that a little bit, you know, and sort of help them along with that. And, and I'm sure there's 
there's a whole heap of um, again I know I'm sounding like a bit of a broken record but there, there are people within communities that can help you along as well if, if you if you want to again buy into the process oh, so. that sounds fantastic to me that's that's something mm. um, I'll be continuing that conversation offline with you you can you can bet on that <laughs> well, well I, I would I would go as far to say that I, I would imagine a lot of your guys would be doing a lot of research before they go you know go venturing away too so you know most definitely uh anyone around the world does a heck of a lot of research on how they're going to get there how they're going to navigate the country what existing trails exist where they're going to stay how long they're going to stay and what they're going to the equipment they're going to need uh i I guess you're suggesting add another feather to that cap at a bold at a bold uh, bullet point to that list and say connect with the first people yeah yeah. indigenous people of that area learn a little bit about the area Mm. you're about to step into yep 100 i like that thank you very much (laughs) hey i want to i'm going to lighten the mood here a bit you ready for this yeah far away have you i know your kids are a bit older I'm be interested to know, Craig, if your kids have watched this. There's a <coughs> show called Little J and Big Cuz. Are you familiar with this? Oh yes. I'm not familiar too much with it, but it has come on now. It's great. It's fantastic. Uh, you, are you familiar with it, Dwayne? No, I'm not. No. Oh mate, no. honestly, like you can watch it on. Um, it's, it's Apple iView, isn't it? Yeah. You can ABC go watch kids. back episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's. Um, I was watching it the other day. It's only new, isn't it? Has it been yeah, around? no, it's, it's pretty been around new. for a while. My yeah. kids love it; they absolutely love it. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's uh, it all takes place um, in. Uh, I think it's um, actually says, yeah, it's Indigenous kids. They live with Nana and Old Dog. Yeah, they're busy with the ups and downs of the playground and the classroom, <clears throat> and uh, the. They talk about saltwater desert and freshwater country. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. And yeah, but it's... but the thing about this is, is so yeah, they're finding all these little J and big cars are finding yeah. out all about culture, community, and country. Yeah. Now, what is, is... is it a is it a cartoon or yeah. it's a cartoon, mate? Yeah, yeah, animated. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool. And yeah, and when you yeah. go into the characters, because uh, you can go on their website and yeah. uh, find out uh, a bit more, and and like this little J. He's he's nearly six. He's five, nearly six. Yeah. And uh, he loves learning, and most days he can't wait to get to school. He's a proud young Indigenous boy yeah, who respect who respects his elders and his heritage. Yeah, beautiful name. Uh, it, it's fantastic, yeah. and they've put yeah. so much effort into this. They've used um, Indigenous actors for all the voices. Perfect. But here's what here's where it gets absolutely mind blowing is if you go on to um, uh, Ivy, you can actually go obviously look at watch any episode you want, but you can go through and watch the episodes in one of I'm going to say around about ten different dialects. Oh, that's cool! Yeah. Incredible. I was I was yeah. watching one just the other night, and I was just captivated by. Yeah. Uh, oh, and right. then I would I'd watch the same episode in a different dialect, and it was yeah. fascinating. Yeah, fantastic. So I'll suss that out. Yeah, yeah you should good. because I think that's yeah. a fantastic resource. And I and I did a bit of research on it before, just spruiking yeah. something that was that was a pile of garbage. That the work mm. they've done to work with the community. So as the director says, um, that they've had Aboriginal writers from across Australia have sent. Uh, stories to to yeah. and adventures to be used 
in the bush, the saltwater and desert country, as well as the school. You know, a hilarious thing was my, my, um, my kids were telling me about it first. So they're telling me about this. I said, what's this show you keep talking about? They're like, oh yeah, little Jay, because what's it all about? And he says, my eldest again says, dad, when they go to school, their dog just follows them and hangs around the school all day. And he just could not believe it. And I said, mate, isn't that great? And he said, yeah, but I, I don't understand how that's allowed to happen. I said, mate, things are different around the country and people have different ways that they approach things. And, and that's okay, man. Like If, if the dog's going to hang out at school and the teachers are cool with that and it doesn't do anything wrong, that's all right, isn't it? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I wish our dog could come to school. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I just find it fascinating that, again, this is a medium that, uh, well, I was going to say hasn't existed long. Television has existed for a long time. But the fact that someone's putting effort into, so much background effort into into Mm. a show like this that is bringing up conversations like this within my household is a beautiful, positive thing from my perspective, at least. Agreed, agreed. And that's something that, you know, that's where the change really happens, right? Mm -hmm. It becomes... Exactly, with the kids. It becomes, well, to your point earlier, it doesn't become foreign, it becomes normal. Yes. And uh, and, and it sort of continues on. Look, on that point, I see and have the privilege of working with a lot of tertiary education providers, uh, you know, different universities and a lot of cultural providers do do similar work. And this week, I'm actually working with a a local university, which is one of our biggest ones on the South Coast, University of Wollongong. And uh, so the point of that is, is that, you know, I see a lot of the change in, you know, up and coming educators that are educating our kids and um, I speak a, a lot about a few years ago, I had a um, my son and my daughter who were two years apart. Uh, my son had a uh, old school, just about to retire, uh, male, you know, in his, in his mid-60s teacher. Uh, he was setting sail for his pension, you know, and ready to go. Nice enough man, but uh, a very different approach to teaching as my uh, daughter's teacher was actually one of the graduates from the university that I taught the year before so so I had this I had this whole thing going on the whole year of of seeing a reflection of the different attitudes of the generations of course and and of course we're talking about generational thing and and Mm. look Mm. when we are you know, with all due respect, dealing with, you know, four, let's say average it out at a five generation, six generation Australian family, right? Now from, from First Fleet and roundabouts, maybe give and take. Yep. You know, the generational attitudes, um, I get it. I had a I had a gentleman, we, I don't know if you guys do know, but I actually run a food entity as well, believe it or not. But yeah, you know, I was we had aware a, of that, yeah. All oh, right, yeah, we had a dinner, dinner night the other week and... Um, and, and there was an old gentleman, he must have been in his 80s, and, and I took him through a smoking ceremony. He didn't know what the hell was going on. You know? <laughs> he he sort of got the grasp that there's a mixed-race Aboriginal man taking him through a traditional song. You know, this is all foreign. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this is, this yes. This is a This is stuff I get... I get it. I get it more than daily. Sometimes I get it hourly. I get it, you know, minute, minute. I don't know if it's good, good, good language to say minutely, but um, <laughs> but I but I get it very regularly in terms of not just older school sort of generation, but you know, baby boomers. There's a few that I see that sort of, uh, you know, they're teetering back into what it is. So look, 
I know this is, again, it's probably sounding fairly sort of straight up and down, but the generations and the different, you know, ways of how I find people's, you know, uh, willingness. Um, but then I, what I'm trying to say here and get to a long point is, is that I do see that reflect in the generations in certain spaces and times, you know. I see, I see people's, you know, either willingness and like you guys, you know, open up a portal to listen to me bang on for two hours now, whatever it is, you know. It's sort of, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's this whole, and that's what I'm, what I meant to say, you know. I suppose what I, what I've tried to push across tonight is, you know, like you guys have said, you know, you've you've de- dipped into my space, you've listened, you know, you've bought into the process. I've come on, you know, we mm. we've created this connection, and hopefully, whoever listens for what it's worth, it it helps just challenge someone good bad or in between that that's one of my sayings you know it's 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 just challenging and respectfully though and with integrity and and uh to know that there's a yeah, there's there's a beautiful culture here there's a beautiful like you said before for for your kids to embrace and you know you probably come home and want to watch the next episode of you yeah know, the show yeah. that you've spoken about like yeah, if if that doesn't make your heart sing, you know, in, in a certain way, because it's safe, you know, it, yes. it changes and gives your kids, you know, every opportunity to go, you know what, well, that's going to be great. You, you know, you might come down to the South Coast of New South Wales with me or you might go on a local experience. Most definitely. I don't know, it just, it just opens up opportunities. No, no, f- you know, absolutely, so, mate. My, yeah, my kids yeah. are going to be... Uh, yeah. They're going to be walking uh, walking next to you one day and... and uh, as will I be, and I can't wait. Yeah, good. <laughs> that's that's yeah, yeah. kind of fascinates me. Speaking of uh, walking next to each other, mate, it's time to talk running. Oh yeah, okay. You are running a lot at the moment. <laughs> I speak about it a bit, don't I? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, no, that's cool. I'm I'm just saying, like, yeah. uh, it's been um, it's been good to listen because I went through a fairly big um, trial running phase. And I'm fortunate to have a beautiful little ecosystem down the end of my street, a quite a large one that I that I run through. In fact, we mm. just we just uh, the whole family hiked through there on Sunday, yep. and uh, it, yeah, it's beautiful down there. Very various, quintessentially Australian bush. Mm. It's it's great. Beautiful. So yeah, what's uh, tell us about the running, mate? What what draws you to running? Oh. Yeah, look, um, it's the well, look, it, it's quite huge in my life because it's brought me to a place where I've found balance. Without that sounding too too full on for for the listeners, it, it's sort of more the fact that uh, look, I, I I I certainly was okay, you know, I was okay at running, and I obviously you've heard. You know, those that do, and maybe if you, you can get in to bring back the war and have a listen, you'll get a bit more of a drift on on, on it because uh, I speak about it a bit because yeah, there's so many, you do so many learnings, right? There's so oh, many, it's so many. It's a harsh teacher, oh, oh, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I did listen and I heard some references to you guys with, with a bit of experience in it. And uh, look, I'm I'm actually got a good mate of mine, uh, two good mates, both Indigenous fellows that. I'm gonna start some trails with, so I'm I'm, I'm more. I, I completed my first half marathon two weeks ago. Oh, congratulations! Uh, so I, I've done the 21. We're we're built. We're going to Canberra next month for 25. I Ooh. I rung the towel out. I, I followed the 
I followed the plan to a T, and I'll be, I'll be, you know, this might sound a little, you know, straight out, but but I definitely would have got twenty five. I just, I went, I went, you know, I was clipping a minute ten off my time, off my, yeah. my slower pace, and I, I knew I had it in me to go further. But yeah, knew, you you go a good pace too, um, and I know. Do you only run trail, or do you run road and trail? No, this is mainly roads. Mainly roads, yeah, yeah okay. Because yeah, yeah, I was thinking, yeah. wow, your your times are good, but um, oh yeah, no, minor, mainly road, minor mainly bit road running, yours. bit of sand, bit of grass here and there, but yeah, but I sort of yeah, I'm I'm looking at you know I've got a I've got an opportunity to go into more trail trail training, and I was listening intently yesterday to, to you guys and <laughs> speaking to Chase, you know about, about some, the of the, dungeon. some of those. Yeah, and just some of those little things around, you know, the ankles and the knees. Yeah, it was all cool. So anyway, the science of running and i know i'm speaking to the right crowd here so i don't have to go right into it but i i i'm again that's that nutty professor sort of thing going holy shit you know like i'm i'm getting all these lessons i've only just got to go out for you know 32 minutes and you know 32 to 35 minutes and and get a whole you know i heard you guys talk about journaling and meditation and, and that is that's that's my time you know uh to to really push out and, and, and to, to give it context and quick, quickly get to the story. Um, I lost a, a shitload of weight about, uh, 13 years ago, 12 years ago. And that was just before my son turns 13 next month. But so it was just before he was born. I went on a pretty incredible weight loss journey. I was in construction back then. Uh, I was living a different life and, uh, I, um, anyway, the point of it is, is that I ended up shedding 35 kilos. So it was quite an wow, incredible amount of weight. weight to lose, right? Yeah, and, yeah, that's uh, huge. And I'm a, I'm a former rugby league player and I'm trying to stay out of retirement because the Koori knockouts are here, here next year. But uh, I'll stay because <laughs> I, I got back into a bit of shape. I've had a few of the brothers in community approach me. But, Hustling you. Um, yeah, I, I, think I'll, I think I'll be okay. I'll just stick to running. I got the ultimatum off the wife the other day. So uh, we just we ticked over 17 years yesterday, so I better oh, keep it going, wow. right? So, yeah, congratulations yeah, again. Thanks, thanks. Um, so anyway, uh, look, I, I just... Um, I, I, once I went made my transition and um, you know I came home to country and I had big responsibilities. That's what you guys see before you and what I've gone into. But I think fast forwarding, I uh, eighteen months ago I I was on one of my, our experiences and and I was walking and, and you know it's thirteen clicks. It's not too bad. It's not for the faint-hearted. Our experience, you know, and you go on, yeah, you go on that's a good bit day. over a k a k above um, sea level. So she's a good day out. Yeah. And, uh, Anyway, so it's 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 a decent walk, and um, I had this seventy-three-year-old Italian professor come over, and uh, it was a, it was a tailored experience, and he requested me to take him on country, which I was quite humbled for humbled by. He's got a a palliative care center, healing center in the north of Italy, and uh, he does he was over speaking. Uh, about uh, reversible, um, reversing chronic disease through diet, right, and, and yep. exercise and you know lifestyle. So, I, I'm a big believer in that anyway. Uh, obviously, I, I know Western, everyone has the whole Western and Eastern medicine healing you know, argument, but I think to the point is that this old this gentleman he he just lapped me. He was in his mid seventies. And and I just had to look at myself. I was huffing and puffing. Mate. I, I was. I think we all had that point. I was just so out of shape, and and it just hit me between the eyes. And anyway, I I remember I took a photo and I got out and I, I've got a treddy and I've got a home bit of a home gym set up in the shed, which which yep. is good. It gets a bit of a workout here and there. Um, I uh, I hooked in and um, uh, yeah, I think it was. Oh shit! I was looking at a brick wall and a treadmill for. I think every every. 
you know, either get backing into it runner or, you know, runner that's starting out uh, knows, knows those old treadmill days just to sort of get confidence back. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I knew that I, I just, I don't know, like it's, it's weird because I think when you're that far out of shape, you just lose so much confidence, hey? You know, you just lose a lot mm. of confidence and it takes a while to build that back up. And anyway, I think it must have been about six to eight weeks that I was just banging out your three and four, you know, three, two, three Ks, you know, and... Anyway, I, I broke broke the shackles and I went out in my first road run and uh, it's it's about five five point seven clicks what I run and I and I try to run it um, I try to run my main loop fairly often and consistently and uh, you know as we do as runners we sort of play around with different paces and whatever what you've taught when you, what you learn you know when you're marathon training or half marathon training and um, anyway so 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 eighteen months it's it's taken me to to um to to reach the half marathon which i'm ultra proud about um one of my best mates who did the half 15 years ago ran it with me he was my yard caught him my yardstick uh <laughs> and he came with me and he he made he he he's he's sub five minutes he he moves like he's he's cruising at you know wow. sub, sub five five minute k so i would imagine a lot of your your crowd would understand that's pretty quick and that's uh, fast and and you know I'm, I'm sitting i'm sitting comfortably early sixes six and a half you know um and uh I came home in the last five k's uh, sub sixes. You know, I flew home and uh, mm. I just had a bundle of energy and and I and I followed the the t the, the the plan to a t and I and I said it to a few of the brothers after as you do you, you know I think I heard you guys talk about it too you know journaling your running patterns and you know the science it's just it's so addictive right and uh, <laughs> but but what I didn't do 12, 13 years prior was really look at that if you know if that makes yeah. any sense I was totally I've grown. understand There's so many different things that have happened yeah anyway um, so the learnings I've had and it's it's been yeah, what is it now two about a fortnight after I've completed it now my whole energy's changed. And I know you guys know what I'm saying. It's just this different energy that I'm sitting in at the moment. Like it's like, well, I've got that done now. It's 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 tick off the you know the box, and 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 obviously I'm heading for 25 next month, which I'm 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 confident I'll go out in the long run probably maybe tomorrow. I'll probably go out and just you know bang out 15 and just see how how I feel. Yeah. Um, so right now in in my running journey, guys, I'm I'm really around recovery, body treatment, which I found that's why I found it ultra fascinating. You know that yarn yesterday because. That's where I'm at. Um, I felt definitely felt shifts in the body physically um, yep. and emotionally, and and obviously I, I talk a lot about spiritually, you know, and, and how that how that works. So I've done my best in about hopefully five minutes to sort of try to give you a bit of an idea <laughs> on the journey, which I could <laughs> no, probably I like talk it. around for hours. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's it's, it's so a discovery cool, process, and it's not just about the physical body. There's there's walls that you're smashing through. Uh, my sweet spot is around is 15k so i like a 15k nice. it's a good run um yeah. yeah when i don't have time i do 10s and i've only i've only done the half marathon twice i yeah. stupidly uh went out on a monday night after work in the dark with my head torch on and ran around in the bush did 21ks got home and thought well i should wow. i should enter a race yeah, and then I entered a race, and a couple of weeks later, I did my first half marathon and and got slaughtered. Did you? Uh, I yeah. just went. Yeah, I just I just got all excited and mm, went too mm. hard. Um, yeah, and yeah, got smashed. I mean, I, I completed it. Yeah, so yeah. so proud. I completed it. I will revisit it again. Uh, I've been focusing on a lot of other uh, kind of fitness areas at the moment. Yep. 
and yep. running's just taken a bit of a yep. I'm trying I'm trying to get my body to move better. Yep. And opening better. opening up the hips. 100%. Um, all yeah. that sort of stuff because I think mm. now when I transition back to running, I'll be smoother. That's my plan at least. Yeah. Uh I'll ask you this question. Mm. Um have you ever run much barefoot? Yeah, yeah, I heard you guys talk about that. <laughs> Last, I think it was the yeah, Did we talk about it? Yeah, well, I, well, I, well, I, I listened to it yesterday, but I know it was a little while. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, only, look, I remember footy training a lot. Yep. Um, to be really honest, um, I heard uh, Chase talk about plantar fasciitis, I think, or plantar fascia. Yeah. Um, Look, I, I suffered from that a bit. But, um, look, I'll be oh, yeah. honest. When, when I, and I sort of knew this question would come, actually. I was thinking about it and I thought, I wonder if they'll ask me this. But And I know you can pay, pay some good money to go earthing, right? Or grounding or some oh, shit. Oh, I haven't know, heard of whatever, this. Whatever it is, they, they, people pay money to go walk around barefoot, believe it or not. But, uh, yeah, right. but anyway, <laughs> have a look at it. But um, I think the point is that I, I am barefoot... Oh, the only time I wear shoes, obviously, when I'm going for a run, yeah. <laughs> or, or or I've got to go to obviously somewhere. But oh, to put a wrapping, I'm probably eighty five percent barefoot you know, all the time. So, yeah, right. Um, I, I, it's so important. Where when I was in construction, of course, I was I was in boots and you know yes. footy boots. So my my time on I suppose as we say in running time on feet or time on barefoot feet now is a lot better than what it was. So I, I used to have uh, fairly chronic foot problems. Um, I used to have the arch thing going on. I've got a a pretty they're a decent shoe. They're a Nike. Um, any Nike support, I will have a sponsorship. But uh, you know, <laughs> Nike. I've got just got some Nike runners that I, that I bought. Um, I've stuck with Nike for probably last two years. I had a pair of Asics, you know, just basic runners, nothing too flash, but um, fairly fairly sort of you know about two hundred dollar pair or whatever. But look, and they're, they're doing the job. So I look at touch wood. I haven't had many feet issues at all. I've had. Um, I heard you guys talk about ankles. Uh, but I had a bit of cement. Uh, my my two brothers, one one of them's done the New York Marathon. Actually, he comes up in a few weeks on my podcast. Yep. Uh, and uh, those that don't know, there's an Indigenous Marathon project. So uh, there's two guys that have done, one's done a marathon in Singapore. The other one's done Singapore and New York. And uh, one of the other brothers uh, who we're running with, we're doing the milestones with him. And he was with us and ran his first half as well with us uh, two weeks ago. So we're we're all together. There's a community of us, about about a dozen of us, running together uh, oh, wow. to, to achieve the milestones. And we did it here on my home track, which was pretty cool to, to, to crack your first half, you know, which was a virtually because I was supposed to be at the Gold Coast. Um, that was that was my intent. The Gold Coast Half Marathon was mm-hmm. on two weeks ago. So um, we just obviously couldn't do that. So we decided to, to do it all here together. Oh, that's and, um, good. So we've built this beautiful little community around running for Aboriginal people too, which uh, Rob De Costello, um uh, is 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 heading out the Indigenous Marathon uh, project, which has been going for about ten years. So it's had a lot of a lot of really good runners. Um, you know, and I think they just had a. A young fella do 100Ks uh, just last weekend, oh, Gore, wow. which is crazy. So yeah, that's a big day of running. Yeah, the Black All 100s coming up. That's a pretty yeah, grueling that's, trail That's run. pretty gnarly. That, my, my mate my mate that I ran with done does that. Is it's, that right? Oh, yeah. It's, mate, it's, it's, There's a 50 as well. I'm considering yeah. – someone was trying to talk me into 50 this year, but then mm. everything went south. Yeah. Uh, I'm have you done? Have you done forty two? You done the marathon? No, no, no. No, right. No, yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty one. Fifty is a done. big step up. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. I, it's uh, 
and, and, and the terrain as well. Like I've spent a bit of, of time up that way, and it's it's horrific terrain. Yeah. This is no yeah. flat park run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, the reason I asked about the the barefoot thing was it, it's only something, and I'm not, and I'm definitely not suggesting that people go run around. It, yeah. You know, if anything, just take your shoes off and and walk down a dirt track uh, and carry your shoes and. Yep. After 100 meters, put them back on. But there's something about touching the ground with your bare feet. And mm. I started doing very, very short distances uh, purely because of the toll it takes on your body and you have to change your gait and your running style. Yep. But when you're moving through a trail and you shift from sand to, to red earth yep. back to sand, it's it's there's something special about it mate it's and i thought i thought you'd really uh yeah get some i mean you as you say when you're doing your i know you do a lot of the cultural dances and yep. all that sort of stuff yep. obviously that's barefoot and that's connecting yep. with the earth isn't it yeah look i i could probably spend i think in the most part you know if we go on bush i could be you know barefoot for 10 days pretty much yeah you know, uh, oh, wow that's cool uh, and it is it's 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 a beautiful feeling it just you know, we have a bit of a laugh you become the hobbit really you know yeah and, uh, how, how does frodo on that you know walk through lava with with uh, you know a bit of a laugh at all that yeah but, um, you know it's sort of so you, you do you, you build more resilience and the old people have been doing it forever and a day and so that's right the cultures it's it's a we're, we're milk we're meant to to and I'm pretty sure Chase referred to that uh, in his in his talk was that's what we're built for, you know. We're yeah. built, and some of those nerves and those different muscles don't get attention in insurance. Yeah, you know? well, it's, I, th- it's, I think it's, I might have mentioned the Tamaumara, mm, which is mm. a tribe in the in uh, mm. Mexico who who do ultra marathons. They used to do them barefoot. Now they put a piece of rubber tire sandals yeah. on their feet, yeah. and it's the style and the pace that they keep is just is just amazing yep. uh, and that's what they're built for as you say and there's 26 is that correct 25 26 bones in the foot mm. and when you uh isolate them with a shoe you're really only moving the ankle so it's yep. putting a lot of pressure on so yep. i know I'm, I'm preaching to the converted here in that yep. you spend so much time but uh, i'm really kind of saying to everybody out there don't be afraid to, and you don't even have to run. Just don't be afraid to touch the earth with your oh, feet because it's an experience that we're yeah. missing. We're missing. Yeah. And yeah. one of the greatest things I do each morning is walk in the backyard. And some mornings it's cold with dew. Some mornings uh, it's not. But every mm. day it's it's a it's a sensation. And there's so many receptors in your feet that you don't you don't understand are there because you're always covering them. Yeah, and it's your it's your it's your connection point to the earth. Yeah. Right? So you sort of um, no, nah, definitely. I I'd, I'd uh, with 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 uh, as, as I think I heard you guys say with caution, you know, with just sort of much caution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just just start experimenting with that. You know, obviously, if you're doing a lot of that, it's it is good for you because you can sort of obviously, you know, with with your recovery, and and that's back to what I was saying. It's where I'm at at the moment. You know, just uh, like I said before, I'm not real crash at it, but I'm. Just got in and got back into my practice, and and I feel you know 100. I think I think you guys could probably grab you. You get complacent. Everybody gets complacent, and you know just because you're feeling good physically doesn't mean that you, you shouldn't be recovering. And that's something that I've been taking mm-hmm. in the last two weeks since I finished. You know that that half goal, and now I'm sort of focusing and yeah, just just really around nutrition. You know, obviously doing all the good things, the best things. Obviously, I still. 
yeah, like I say to people, I, I, I definitely am not a tyrant or a, as big a punish as what I used to be around nutrition. I've still, you know, I'm on a, I'm actually on the, I've been on for about six months, a celery juice um, diet first thing in the morning. Yeah, um, right. It's, I heard it, you know, I thought, oh, okay, I'll give it a crack. And actually, the wife spruiked me. She goes, oh, let's try this celery juice thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, like, I, I, I have it. Like, it's pretty much, you know, on average, if I don't have it seven days of the week, it's it's a close five to six. Is I that right? A, yeah. a big portion of the week. And, um, uh, yeah, to be, to be really honest, the benefits of it, um, you know, I don't know what if it's purely because of it, but yeah, definitely it's it's something that I that I definitely have continued, and I and I've felt the benefits, you know, internally, digestive system, you know, everything that sort of um, and 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 the old Italian professor that I had on country spoke about that as well. Yeah, right. You know, I sort of. But I think you know, that if you're that in tune with your body, then you're able to make these micro adjustments. If you're finding something that is is working for you on even one level it sounds like it's working on you for more more than one level then embrace it and 100 percent. it doesn't yep. matter what if it doesn't work for the next person that's okay works I, for I me think, <laughs> and i think that's right and I, and I think you know there's there's other you know philosophies around nutrition um the i don't quote me on it but i i'm reading uh i've read another book that we've got it's a cookbook you know what type of body um you are there's three different parts mm -hmm. and then you can become i think it's kaffir and all these other i can't remember it's a bit late in the night to remember them yeah. all now but um yeah that's that's quite interesting as well so you know and, the, and your and your heritage as well mate 100 percent. okay you know, and, and, yeah. and and that's right and, and and you look at all those things and and, and what what sort of you know you can you can make those little adjustments, but yeah, look, the science around it all's uh, it's quite fascinating, and I'm really enjoying the process. And um, I suppose in capping it off, I don't know what it looks like yet. I'm just just focusing. I went out for a recovery the day after the half, and I just nailed a quick 22 minutes, and it and it felt good. Eh? It felt yeah. I, I was I wasn't as sore as what I thought, um, to be honest. Um, yeah, but. Uh, I think I enjoyed that run just as much as I did the 21 Ks because I was like, thank God I can get up and run again, right? <laughs> so it was a bit, bit of a surreal feeling, but yeah, that's that's where we're at. Oh, fantastic, mate. I wish you all the best on that. And obviously, we'll keep hearing about it on your podcast. <laughs> I, no yeah, doubt. probably. <laughs> I'm not probably. having a go at you, by the way. No, you know, if there's, if there's no. anyone that repeats the same thing every single podcast, it's me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, nah, you're right. I grab it. I grab it. Yeah, that's uh, no, all good. All good. Well, mate, I, I've got to say it's been oh, absolutely fantastic. There's, it's going to be one of these situations where we need to revisit revisit uh, you again in the future because I feel like um, we're really just scratching the surface on on so many levels there's so many questions i still have but you know i'm conscious of of the time <laughs> so what i'd like to do is um it, yeah just first of all thank you for your time your your openness mm. uh your, your honesty it's, it's everything mate your compassion it's all there and it and it resonates and it and i know people are going to pick up on that coming through in their ears and that's that's what um my goal for for speaking to you, apart from my own selfish goals of, of just learning, was to give listeners a, a, a little look through a small window uh, into 
uh, Australian Indigenous culture. And, and you know, if, if that's the goal, I feel like we've achieved that and probably some more for now. So I really do mm. thank you very much for your time and, and everything, mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nah, thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's um, like a, definitely a pilgrimage. Uh, two and a half hours isn't bad for me. Uh, <laughs> even from my uh, sleepy from old my experience. Monday night. Yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. But no, it's 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 definitely you know, full full credit to you guys for opening up this dialogue. I think it's yeah, you know, and I want to ditto the sediments back. Yeah, and I want to thank you know both of you for sort of already you know I suppose from podcasting mono to podcasting mono. It's sort of like well. You know, when you're creative, yeah, you definitely see see those little, like you said before, those little subtleties in in the work and the format. And uh, as soon as I listened yesterday, I grabbed it straight away. I thought, yeah, no, I get this, and this is a, this is obviously an audience and a different audience and a different dialogue. But essentially, it's it's you know getting getting messages out there on a, on a, on, a, on a platform and um, now nah, it's been it's been a hoot, guys, and, and I yeah. really appreciate coming on and uh, hopefully yeah your listeners uh, definitely get a get a, get a lot out of hopefully uh, out, of, out of the out of the last few hours. Oh mate, I have no doubt they will. It'll open their eyes. Uh, Andy is to a lot of fascinating stuff. So mm. yep, uh, absolutely. I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but did you want to uh finish off this podcast for us mate in in only a way that you can? You've got that really cool saying that. Oh. Is that putting you on the spot too much? Oh no, it's not not putting me on the spot. Um did you have something to say Craig? I think I heard you Sorry, say. Oh, I was just I was certainly going to say thanks for thanks for joining us and um yep. you know sharing your stories and letting us you know stumble through some some conversations there that you know I think it's really valuable for our listeners and for for us personally. So thanks so yep. much for joining us mate. Yeah, 100% and um yeah, no, nah, look, I think obviously if anyone wants to sort of shoot across to you're more than welcome to come in to the, uh, Bring Back the Warrior podcast. It's, and you can find us on Please Instagram. Do. I, I, at uh, Bring Back the Warrior uh, is our Insta, Insta handle. And across on, on another really interesting dialogue, which um, is is definitely different, is uh, our Secret Men's Business podcast. You can find us on all your podcast yeah. platforms as well. Um, and we've got an Insta handle as well. Uh, well all all those links will be available on the, on the, the show notes, on the right? show yep. notes. You got yep. it, mate. Jeez, he's a good listener, this guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's yeah. all there. So because Sweet. what we find is people are running or exercising 100%. or hiking or driving and they can't write all these things down, but they 100%. can go and they'll connect with you in many different ways. Let's look on the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, no, what I was referring to earlier was yep. that your, um, your famous kind of sign-off, which is, uh, yep. what is it, today is the first day of the rest of your life? Today is the first day for the rest of your life, and it's only an hour away from tomorrow. So, um, <laughs> no, nah, just uh, have a, you know, I've got a saying, you know, stay healthy, stay humble, stay positive, and uh, things things will progress and move forward uh, in, in a humane way. Thank you very much, Dwayne. Welcome, lads. Nothing but a pleasure. We'll talk to you very soon. Okay, lads. See you later. See you, mate. Thanks. If you're listening to this podcast on itunes we'd really appreciate your ratings and comments if you can spare the time if you'd like to know more about hike or die tv and keep track of our adventures around australia make sure you drop by hikeordie.com that's where you'll find all the information you'll need to follow us on youtube facebook twitter instagram or pinterest as always we appreciate your support thanks for listening